Hello and welcome to episode 211 of the Ram Nintendo Podcast. I'm Jason. I'm Angel. I'm hungover. And your name is... Kevin. There we go. <laughs> hungover Kevin. <laughs> hungover Kevin. And uh, this episode is called Off the Chain, uh, most obviously as a nod to Astral Chain, which is a very slick, cool game that will impression the flavor in the show. Hence yeah, the hence the hangover. And it's also not just a reference to Kevin and to Astral Chain, but also a good descriptor of just all the cool stuff that tells... Um, done in the past might i also add that for the fourth episode in a row we were not consulting on the, the episode might title, i add but you were and but, he forgot but <laughs> and i didn't say off, we. The, off the chain is off the chain's a decent title thank you I'll, i i, I mean one. think about how much worse it could have been the other day i discovered there's a first person no third person well, shooter I mean, coming to switch where you play an otter in a robot suit and they called it this is the name of the game the otter man empire so by comparison, we're doing pretty good. Also, considering we just got <laughs> off of, what was it, Master Quest? Yeah, like, that one was we Master hit, like, Slash Quest. Master Slash. Yeah, it's like we can only go up, even if it's like yeah. marginal. So. I, I mean, I think, I don't know if the goal is to get to the quality of the Otter Man Empire, or if that's like the thing to have. I don't know if that's the high bar or the low bar, but it's A bar in our sp- in our world. Of some sort. I'm sure we could do an episode just rating our own titles just to see how bad they were. There are some great ones. I swear to this or day, good, Pocket guess. Jockey's episode, uh, Horse of Cards, is still... Uh, I feel like that's one of the weakest, honestly. Like, really? Like, honestly. Like, it's I... a game about solitaire and horse racing. Horse of Cards. It so, it's literally what it's it, about. It just feels lazy, easy, and uninspired. Wow. What would you have called it? I don't know, but I'm not saying I could have done something better. <laughs> I'm just saying that it's a boring, easy, like, gimme. We've come a long way from episode, what, three, My Loftwing and Me about Skyward Sword. <laughs> Wow. But anyway, back to Nintendo's Onslaught. Uh, there's been a lot going on since our last episode. There's the Direct. There's Banjo uh, releasing for Smash Bros. There were 20 Super Nintendo games released. There are announcements of new games. There are announcements of new ports. It just keeps going and going. So we're going to weigh in on all that. Plus, Kevin's been playing uh, Final Fantasy VIII Remastered, so we'll have impressions of that, or so I've been told. Uh, so by <laughs> by Angel, Kevin, give me a look. Uh, so if there's anything in particular you guys want to hear, maybe not the Final Fantasy impressions. I don't know. Uh, head over to the blog post. <laughs> On the, on Rantel.com, there's timestamps there, or you can scroll down ever so slightly. If you have this going on YouTube, it's right in the description. Um, but really, before we start with any of that, there's something else we have to talk about. We really got to start with the infomercial that was the reveal did of the Ring Fit. Did we get hit hard by YouTube? What? <laughs> did we get hit hard by the new YouTube rule? We did not because we don't, don't monetize. monetize. Oh. You people are always like J- Jason, Angel. You guys should put money into this. Kevin, now that you're here, you should put or not put money, but make money off this. And we're always like, no, that's okay. And now, who's laughing now? Cause <laughs> we're not changing our strategy. But um, but yeah, we should probably talk about the infomercial, really the reveal video of uh, Ring Fit Adventure. But like seriously, didn't it kind of feel like an infomercial? Do you guys watch that thing? Yeah, it the, was whew, like the. It was like a parody of an infomercial, just the way they were delivering all their lines. The way they were saying in unison, Ring Fit Adventure. Yeah, or yeah, like the tone, the, the, the format. The framing was really weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. the, like there's a, I follow um, an animator on, on Twitter, and he like posted this one like specific shot of the infomercial where, like, I don't know, just like the face of the lady was like zoomed in just enough that it, it was just kind of like uneasy. And then when the guy next to her turns to her, you literally just see his face in the frame of the screen. Yeah. yeah. Like, just his face. Like, just hanging there like a creepy mask. And then he just, like, turns away. It's like... Did they, there, there was definitely two levels it, there was this, this There was one draft of this. Like, no, I don't think it was... I think there are many drafts, and I think it was somewhat intentional. I think, because they were, like, for people... For people I don't that, know. I didn't get that tongue-in-cheek Nintendo. No, I, think I just totally, got that, like... 
who cares kind of no i think it was a low uh, like a low-key thing because they knew like for people who were want a fitness thing hey here's like an actual fitness style infomercial i mean they really like, tried was... for the nintendo labo they're like oh here's a specific yeah for the no Bob but Bob. i think because because ring fit adventure me targets two different audiences so i think they were trying subtly to target us too because like it everyone was talking about how weird it was and everyone talked about how weird I it guess... was means everyone was talking about it so it was mm. a win for them in a way good point it is um, a very weird looking peripheral but yeah the, the whole thing like I was half expecting them by the end to be like, oh, it's only – I tweeted this. But, like, you know, it's only – it could be yours for four easy payments of nineteen ninety nine. And what I didn't realize at the time is it actually does cost four easy payments. Oh, yeah, the thing bit. is $80. I like one or two. But the point I thought was funny is I said that not knowing it was actually going to cost $80, right. which is the price. Um, which, I don't know. It, it, what are you guys saying? It kind of feels high on the surface level, 80 bucks for that a little. But um, – it, it, I, I, so yeah. So I didn't see the. I just saw right now that it's seven minutes long. Yep. I saw the reveal of the ring. Oh, the two minute. Yeah. Check back next week. Yeah. I, I, that was something. Obviously, didn't check back. But does, <laughs> did they talk about the peripheral oh, itself? They, they so talked about everything. Is there sensors in the? Peripheral? Not exactly. So the peripheral is basically a Pilates ring or like a resistance band in a circle, and then yeah. there are two slots you put the Joy Cons into, or you put a Joy Con into, and then there's grips on the side that you hold. So it's and literally the just plastic. It's like a stretchy material, but the other half of but it. But they're selling it for eighty dollars. Well, it comes with a game. Okay. The, the other half of it is you have a leg strap with another Joy-Con that tracks your lower body movement. So it's kind of the one-two punch. So and what exactly would stop me from sort of attaching, I don't know, a phone holder that people used to run and just attaching a Joy-Con in there? Nothing except I don't think you can get the game independent of the peripheral. You can get download code with the peripheral if you want to go all digital like I feel like Angel mostly tries to do. But you can't um, get just the Okay, game. so there, there's nothing necessarily, I guess, proprietary about I, this thing. I'm not... I'm not entirely sure. I don't think so. But I think the game is using the peripheral in different ways and having you do different shapes. I don't know yeah. if it's going to measure it correctly if you're using the slightly wrong thing. Gotcha. But, but to the to your point about eight bucks is a lot for a peripheral, yeah. But with the game, I guess it kind of makes sense. Like I look back, Wii Fit was $90 when it came out. And while obviously the balance board has a bit more advanced tech in it than the what they're calling the Ring Con. That's the name of the controller yeah. now. Um, I love the balance board. Yeah, it's really cool. But what I think is interesting about Ring Fit Adventure is it actually feels like a more comprehensive package than Wii Fit was because you don't have just the simple exercises in the mini games of Wii Fit and your peripheral of the balance board. You have... Is that a clock? Anyway, you have um, you have the plies band, which is whatever. But that's instead of bathroom scale. But you have then all the same type of exercises, all the same type of... Um, mini games and a full single player adventure mode yeah so it's actually kind of more of a package and that's kind of why i find interesting about it is it there's a game in here there's an actual full-fledged game you pick levels on a world map you go down paths in like this kind of old school dungeon crawler sort of way you battle monsters also nintendo's developing this yep it's being developed by apparently the same team as the labo oh okay yeah and that was good software it didn't catch on but it was yeah. good and yeah and you also like the bad so the way it works is you go and you go level by level and mm-hmm. you fight these monsters and then these monster fights are through fitness actions so you actually can still level up you can still unlock new moves the only difference is you're not using just simple waggle you're not using uh normal buttons it's all fitness motions and there are 40 of them in total called fit skills that you unlock as you go and it's gonna have you do things like uh yeah, I'm trying to think of some examples. Like, do a crunch, do a yoga pose, do this, do that, and you have to like actually pick the move you want to do against the opponent. And much like an RPG, some are better than others, and you have to kind of adapt. 
And then when you're in between battles, you're running around by actually moving your legs, mm-hmm. like high kicking or jogging in place. And then you, it seems like it's on relatively on rails, but you kind of steer with the ring a little. Um, so it's kind of like the weird amalgamation. Um, but it's basically a normal RPG just with fitness controls. Or as, if you saw the puns before, bad. One Nintendo's PR reps I uh, follow on Twitter is like, it's not a role-playing game. It's a swole-playing game. And I was like, that is quality. So, Is it quality? But I mean, do you know how low my bar is? <laughs> I listen. If you do anything, I mean that, that, play, that quality trash. Hey, don't don't insult this poor Nintendo PR rep who like said this. <laughs> Fine, he tried. He tried, but like, what were you gonna say again? <laughs> no, no, he tried, but uh, you know, we don't get awards for trying. I got participation ever, awards. You, when I was a kid. <laughs> though it is very and look how I turned admirable <laughs> and encourageable to try. Otherwise, you'll never get better. Exactly. So. Yeah. So he's he's workshopping it just in a public space, like I do on Twitter. Not my stuff lands, but I try. But seriously, it's like a real full game. Is my point. And um, I was actually reading a preview of it from The Verge the other day, and what's cool is it is a real full game. If you do an hour a day of this, which is a pretty lengthy exercise uh, routine, three to four months to beat the game it has twenty worlds. Hmm. So that's yeah, that's a good amount of content in there. Um, so, I mean, what'd you guys, what'd you think? Of? I know you didn't see the video cam, but Angel, you saw it. What was your takeaway? Not the presentation, but the game itself, the actual thing. Uh, I'm pretty looking forward to trying it. I want it. Um, nothing really that deep, except like how mm-hmm. huh, the character looks like Tracer's on fire, but um, <laughs> people yeah. already want her in Smash. I saw uh, it already. Not surprising, I guess. Yeah. Just give make um just give Weefa Trainer a skin and you're good. Yeah, essentially. Or I mean, the Ubi already has a hoop. But... That's true. Just reskin it. Yeah, but I mean, it, it looks like a fun little like, well, distraction. Yeah, I mean, it, it. I mean, I think what's. I mean, I really, I am a really big fan of Weefit. Like, it was really fun. Just and this like, is kind of the next. Yeah, step. the balance board. Like, I kind of wish. I... Ha! Next step. Thank you. Sorry. Good day. Oh, I lost my appetite. Um, yeah, I. I I, don't know, I would like for them to bring the back the balance board, but the the Wii, oh wow, the Wii ring, the the, the ring con, the ring con, and the strap seem like fun replacements. I, I think what's interesting about it to me, and what seems really fun to me, uh, well, why it just seems kind of fun, but actually, I might have already pre-ordered it. But what I think is, uh, by which I mean, I did. Uh, when does it come out? I think I'm October seventeenth or eighteenth or something like that. I should, I'm waiting like for Black Friday for a lot of things. Yeah, I'm I I'm not because I'm a fool. This feels like something that is definitely going to get discounted, and not because it's not selling well, just because it's something new and different that they're going to like hype up in a Black Friday deal. I yeah. think it'll sell pretty well, but I think what's kind of interesting about it is this is the like I think this is the first fitness oriented product Nintendo's put out that I'm actually interested in because like I I think we as a group, I in particular, but we as a group like are very much part of that. And, the audience that really wants to go after with this because it wasn't just like like we fit was very much um they just want to take fitness apps and somehow gamify them like there's we fit obviously and then there's walking trainer remember that where it's like oh just take walks with your 3ds and we'll sort of track it and give you rewards and stuff but what they're doing here is they're kind of flipping the script with you know the ring kong and ring fit adventure and all that and they're actually they're fitnessifying ma- a game. yeah they're fitnessifying a game instead of gamifying a fitness app and that that makes sense if you think about it because Nintendo was saying back in January that they kind of ditched their Blue Ocean strategy. They were saying, you may recall in their financial report we talked about here on the show, that um, the gaming population has kind of reached a critical mass. In their mind, there is no Blue Ocean because everyone plays games on some level. Switch, as a gamer-first device, has captured a lot of that gaming audience. So then 
what do you do as kind of the next evolution of Wii Fit? How do you capture that magic again, but with an audience that's all about games now, even at a more casual level? Well, if you're Nintendo and you now have this massive audience, uh, flip the concept. Just do a game that does fitness instead of a fitness thing that's kind of gamey. And it, it's sort of like, I don't know if you remember in the DS and Wii days, Nintendo used to sort of handhold people with getting them more into games. Like there's the Touch Generation line on DS, which started with Brain Age and Walking Training and Big Brain Academy. And then they started trickling in other more game-like experiences like Magnetica, which was a puzzle game. And then they sort of drifted people into like uh, New Super Mario Brothers and they kept kind of inching people further down that road. It's sort of like what they did on the Wii as well with some of their games where they're like, all right, you're the really casual audience. You play Wii Sports. Now what if... Wii Sports is a lot more elaborate. Welcome to Wii Sports Resort. Or you play Wii Fit. What if we did Wii Fit Plus? There's a little more gaming, meaty stuff in there. So now, 10 years later, they're kind of just doing that exact same idea. Just they're one step further down the road at the starting point. Because so many people have played games on iPhones and tablets and Wiis. But they're like, oh, we can just pick up in the middle step instead of the first step. So it's kind of, it's kind of an interesting strategy. Will it work is the real question, though. And I mean, they baked in basically everything that's proven successful for them in the past with you know attracting a broad audience. I mean, we have the RPG side for the gamers, the traditional fitness activities, and the tracking for the perhaps more casual crowd that liked Wii Fit but maybe don't get really into games. I mean, this seems like something that will easily sell more than Mario Kart 8. I mean, I wouldn't go that far, but well, Wii Fit sold more than Smash Bros. Significant. We fit sold more than Grand Theft Auto, so Whoa. so yeah. I know you're being so facetious. I think this will definitely sell more than Labo. Yeah, well, that doesn't like, sadly take much. Yeah. But, yeah, and, and and the funny thing is, like, they even, you know, I was saying the different things they've done. They even already catered to the party crowd of the Switch with, like, oh, look at all these wacky May games. The whole tr- the video you saw, Kevin, the coming next week video, was all, like, look how this is a social experience you can do with your friends when you're all together, which is another marketing strategy they've had proven to work. So it's an interesting little blurring of the three. And I think... uh like, I want to believe it's going to do well because it's certainly better than Labo, maybe better than Mario Kart, probably not better than Mario Kart because, um, like, everything just feels so thought out here. Like, the fact that the core adventure mode riffs on the fitness world in kind of a quirky Nintendo way. Like, they, they have confidence in the product. Like, I don't know if you guys know this. Well, again, I guess you didn't see it, Trevor. Angel, I don't know if you noticed that the big bad guy is this, like, swole-looking dragon dude. So apparently he's supposed to represent all the, like, negative aspects of gym culture so he's ultra competitive and he's like wearing like a weird leotard so he, does and, so he does crossfit no offense crossfitters out there but yeah so like you know the fact that Nintendo's like oh we have this product and we're confident enough in the concept that we're gonna actually kind of make fun of yeah. stuff in, fit, in the fitness world and I that, like every other line is him reminding you that he does crossfit did they say that no i said I hope. oh oh yeah that'd be great actually yeah um or like even like they have some clever ideas that we didn't even mention like uh when i was describing the ring con i forgot to mention it tracks your heart rate and it does it using the IR sensor on the Joy-Con that's in the Ring-Con. So you just put your thumb on it and it'll actually track your heart rate. Huh. Or like even really, really little things like um, the grips come off and can be washed. Like that's thoughtful. Like if, you know, you're dead time to think it through. Or like they have a silent mode. So if you want to play and people are sleeping, they'll sort of lower the amount of physical quick activity you have to do so you can play quiet more quietly. So they really like thought this thing through. And I feel like I made the same point with the Switch back when it came out. I was like, when, when you think it through this much, it means you, you're pretty confident you nailed it. So now the question is, will the market respond well to it? And I, I kind of hope it does. Um, I feel like the Ring Con could be cool. It's on alternate controller or accessory for other Switch stuff. That's, I, what, that's what I was looking at this. I was thinking, like, how far are they going to support it? It's like, a good question because, like, the Labo stuff got more support than I – it did and it didn't. 
the wheel didn't get a lock on Mario Kart, but then the VR was in like a lot of their first party games. It turned out, not in meaningful ways, but as little side things. Like, I well, I'd be cool if they just went full on made other games for it. Like if they did yeah. like Link's Crossbow Training Two, and you use the stretchiness of this to simulate. Like, like, how the games that we thought would make sense didn't even get support whatsoever. Like Yoshi's Crafted World. Yeah, that still they put the bot. They put a Labo costume. You can wear a Labo in the in Yoshi but yeah it was weird how, but the question becomes how would it support what would the gameplay be with they, Labo they managed and to Yoshi? stick it in Smash Brothers well that's just for viewing but I mean like because oh, yeah. we were yeah I mean if anything that game makes a lot of sense for viewing it's like a diorama where literally everything True. is handmade it would have been it would have awesome just to look at yeah. the handcrafted stuff yeah but so because of that yeah but you knows? know Smash Brothers makes more sense because you know I, I want to just play against core, computers and because they want to get core gamers to buy Labo that's why yeah, anything, it didn't work. If anything, it makes it seem even more redundant. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, but like I'd be down for like crossbow training. I feel like this thing is built for WarioWare. Like, just go one yeah. step further with the mini Absolutely. games. Yeah, like that'd be great. Um, and and plus WarioWare's mo is always like weird new control schemes. So this is perfect yeah, for that. So. Um, I'm kind of curious if they are gonna patch it into stuff though. Like we were like kind of your point, Kevin. Like I don't know what it would make sense in Mario Kart again. Yeah, that's that's all that I can think only, about. But you could already do that with without yeah, this thing. The so. only thing I can think of now that I'm actually like, thinking about it is ooh Smash Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> you can yeah. fight only computers. It, it, it's gonna be the new like oh can you beat someone with a dance pad or can you beat someone with the GameCube fishing rod or whatever. Honestly, that would be kind of funny. Like, like depending on what type of motions you do with the like how you flex yeah it like, and like stuff, oh like oh A is set to this B is set to that. That'd be actually pretty cool in a weird way. Like it would not make any logical sense, but it'd be kind of fun. But the one that you know could actually work. Is take that into evil. Oh, <laughs> imagine! Uh, imagine if it's like Labo piano versus Rincon in like the final, <laughs> in the grand final. That'd be great. But the but what I was gonna say is now I'm thinking about you know what game can actually work because I feel like correct, correct me if I'm crazy here. Doesn't it look like Re- Ring Fit Adventure is built on a modified Breath of the Wild engine? It looks very similar graphically. It's just more cartoony. But I don't need to watch it again to. That's kind of the vibe I got. So now I'm thinking if that's the case. What if they just added this as a mode in Breath of the Wild? Not to actually play Breath of the Wild. Just run around, I guess? Basically, it's like, oh, does the weather suck outside? Do you need to go on a run? Do you want to just, like, go on, like, a virtual run? Which is basically what treadmills do. You have the screen, and they can show you stuff. Or, like, the, you know, like, all those bike, stationary bikes have that, too, now. Like, what if you could just go on a run in Breath of the Wild, and you kind of go into a separate mode, and you could just go explore, and they just strip the enemies out, but then have, like, it's like walking around nature, running around nature. It's kind of like you could do, like, a indoor run... And still have scenery to see in different environments to explore, if you will, while not going into the bad snow or whatever it may be outside. Like, I could see them doing something like that. And if they do something like that, they can have, like, an explore the world mode in basically any open-ended game. So they could do it for Zelda. They could do it from for uh, – they could team up with Bethesda. They could do it for Skyrim. They could do it for a lot of stuff, actually. But they have to go in and, like, create, like, a path, I guess. Not necessarily because you can use the ring just to basically steer. Oh, well, I mean, you don't necessarily even steer in the game, but I mean, I guess you could, but yeah. that'd be kind of weird. It'd be a little weird, or they could create paths that you go on and they just use the assets and make it a side mode similar to how like Mario Odyssey or Captain Toad or those made special VR stages based I'm on real world again, ones. and I it's pretty I'm similar. not really getting a let me see. Let me see it. No. Okay, I guess I can't look. Uh, no, I mean, no that I'm not. <laughs> really? It's pretty, like, I, I mean, they just yeah, sell, you don't I just so? see, yeah, just sell shading, but. I don't know. It has to me. It had kind of a. I mean, it's obviously more structured, but to me, it kind of had a similar vibe for some reason. I don't know. Maybe not. But either way, they could still do it with Breath of the Wild, regardless of the engine difference. 
just the idea of making a set track in these games or even odyssey they could just have you go down a set path through new donk and you could jog through the city i don't know um I, it could be a cool idea I, I who knows if they're gonna do it they'll probably do something even weirder and be like oh it's yoshi's crafted world where we didn't give you labo but you can hatch you could throw eggs if you flex or something who knows but anyway so that that is i guess ring fit adventure is uh hmm is their newest ip since what arms uh yes and the main character looks a little like the what's her name on the box of arms ribbon, ribbon girl? girl the hair I mean, I guess if anyone has a ponytail... I yeah, guess they're all the same. Yeah, yeah. I, when I see a ponytail, I assume it's the same they're, person they're very, everywhere I go. Very deep observation. Thank you, I, I tried. But yeah, I think ARMS was the last... Well, Labo, really. Oh, yeah. And it is the same team, from what I've heard. Um, it's not official. They haven't actually said that, but people that like teased this was going to come out were saying it's the same team. I guess they just have a weird and wacky idea team, which must be really fun to work on. Just like, find the weirdest thing to make, and we'll go ahead and give you money, and then you do it. Like that. That's probably a pretty fun team. Or they're completely mad and they have, you know, they just, it's like a madhouse. Who knows? One of the two. But anyway, when Nintendo wasn't turning ply rings into video games, uh, they were busy putting on a Nintendo Direct. And that was perhaps one of the most packed, just in terms of density, presentations we've seen in a while from Nintendo. I think the easiest way to maybe talk about it is to uh, break down the news into different buckets, all of which are kind of overstuffed, even when we do. Uh, like, take Smash Bros, for example. Like, Ultimate, um, we got the surprise release of Banjo-Kazooie. We got the first look at the new DLC fighter, Terry Bogard. New costumes, a new mode in the Return of Home Run contest. Uh, now flashing animations to the moon. Uh, and if that wasn't enough, confirmation that DLC would continue beyond the first fire pass. Uh, there's so much to cover. They had a separate 20-minute video presentation that Sakurai just kind of talked through everything and like he just went i actually kind of like those i'm starting to really warm up to those they, they contrast nicely with the direct he like is the same sort of like off the cuff on the fly presentation he did for heroes dlc back in july but it's still fun to see him just kind of like let loose and he's cracking jokes with the people off camera and he's continually plugging xbox just because he knows it kind of annoys the people off camera like it was it was yeah that weird thing he went on about like Banjo Kazooie's a bunch of sad souls in the game, and he's like, I don't know where he's going with that, but it's just kind of funny to hear him just off the cuff. But that does bring us to Banjo. Um, really, that was the headliner through all this, and I, I would say for good reason. I, I'm liking it. I mean, we can get into the nitty gritty of how he plays in the competitive sense, which I feel like is where you're going to go, Angel. But uh, oh, it, would I? I love Banjo. Banjo's like, I don't know, amazing mascots, put on his games. They definitely did really true to him as a character. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Is I love the implementation of everything. I mean, but it's truly like incredible fan The music, like the remixes are... Well, I love all the remixes. I mean... It's not just the, the remixes. The, the remixes are great. Like, Treasure Show Cove, I feel, was probably one of the better ones that Grant Kirkhope didn't do since, mm. you know, since he only did one of them. But a lot of the other ones just kind of felt like... I mean, Sakurai just said, oh, we have to speed these up so that they could kind of go with Smash Brothers. Right, but then most of them literally combative. just sounded like sped up versions of... That music just with more orchestral sounding, but nothing really inspired like sure. the one Grant Kirkhope did. But I mean, I don't know. Come on, no Rusty Bucket Bay, no Gruntilda's Lair. That one, I feel like, definitely had to have been there, but oh well. I will say, regardless of which songs they picked, what I really did like is if you go play classic mode with Banjo and do his track of track track of stages, what they did as kind of cool is every stage has music from a specific stage in Banjo-Kazooie, and then they tried to match the theme 
of what that stage is with the theme of the level the song came from in the old game. So that was kind of a neat touch. That's cool. So it's like yeah, I thought that was Street Fighter, they tried to match the fighters to like a different Street Fighter. Yeah, character. and they've done stuff like that before, but it's always a nice touch. Like I think, and then there's, then there's a stage. There's uh, Spiral Mountain, which not only has a ton of cool little cameos and Easter eggs all over the place by all the supporting cast, but um, actually introduces an entirely new concept to Smash Brothers. It physically rotates every so often as you fight. Like it goes in a circle. I mean, in a way, it's effectively just the same as a flying stage. It's just yeah. shifting differently. But it feels unique because it's done different. It looks weird. And it is a little weird in the sense, like, it feels like your character is just, like, sliding as it... Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, 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 that's what makes it feel really weird. Like, if you're in the air, it's fine. But, well, yeah, when you just see your character... If it, if yeah. it looks funnier when it's spinning in one of the directions where... It looks like your character is literally climbing up the spiral mountain because they're going up the hill. Right, but they're but, not moving. Yeah, but they're not moving. Yeah, but that. But this is the type of thing, even if it's a little funky, this is the type of thing I was saying. I was complaining about the Dragon Quest stage when Heroes DLC came out, saying, like, oh, it's just a flying stage. They've done that before. And, you know, Joker is cool because of the music thing. Yeah, this baby. Is, this, <laughs> Love this, is, this is what I was kind of hoping they would do with Dragon Quest, is, like, something totally different yeah, than what we've seen it, before. It, Dragon Quest has had the unfortunate thing that... um. Like, the stage actually does that in the game. Which, what do you mean the stage actually does that in the game? Like... That there's a... Yeah, so there's a fighting, flying stage in the game? Well, there's just, like... They go on a, they go on that exact same platform. They put the ores. It lights up. And then they go flying to the... To the... You see, the tree. Oh. Wait. So the flying stage in Smash it, was actually one-to-one -one with it's the like, game. It's like the one flying stage that actually should be a flying stage versus the other ones that are just like a tour. Uh-huh. But because we've already seen so many of these stages, like it, it came off as a, like, oh, it's just another one. Oh, so we but... just seemed completely ignorant to Dragon Quest when we were complaining, or when I was complaining six weeks ago. No. Sweet. Um, I, I have to admit, some of this is obviously my bias, too. Like, Banjo-Kazooie is probably, you know, me being like, oh, I don't care that it looks weird. One of the things Jason actually be. Hmm. Almost. Oh. So here's the problem. No, <laughs> wait. Here's the problem. Twice. No, no. Listen, I in college. Okay, that's a little late to the game. Literally. No, in addition figured. to um, when it came out. So the thing is, Banjo to me has always been like one of my all-time favorite Nintendo 64 games. I, my first Nintendo Power I ever bought was because Banjo was on the cover. I have a Banjo Kazooie plush somewhere. Like I was obsessed with it at the time, and I did get very close to being it. And then I was trying to open. I didn't play it for like a month. Went back. Was gonna go beat it. Opened the game, went to the file, and then it's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, I want to beat the my boss. That's what I'm doing. And I press it. And what I actually did was delete the file, and I didn't realize that's what it was. Because all it says is, are you sure? It doesn't yeah. say what you're like sure the, about. No, and I, then I was so annoyed, I did not go back to it. Because I was just like, no, I, no. Yeah, and, the game is notorious, actually, for making it really easy to erase your save file. Yeah, it was really easy to erase my save file. <laughs> so so yeah, that's that, why actually, I never beat it. That, I would have. That would have been one of the few games I would have beaten. That actually happened to Elvis. Like, literally the exact same thing. He went on without playing it, went uh -huh. back, accidentally deleted his file, but then he went back and beat it. See, I didn't because I was, like, really frustrated. That also happened to me, too, in college. That's why I ended up basically beating it twice. Right. Yeah. Well, anyway, my point is... Um, I think there's definitely some bias at work here for me because besides the fandom, like, this is the first time in Smash Bros., with DLC at least, I'd say both Ultimate and Prize Smash 4, that there's actually been a character I'm genuinely excited about because my fandom of the original game was so strong. Like, for you, Kevin, I feel like I watch him, watch this, I'm gonna trigger him, Joker. Yeah, baby! <laughs> and then, Love Persona. It's my running joke. <laughs> it's about the exact same. And then you, uh, Angel, I imagine on some level, Ryu must have, maybe not to this extent, but must have, you must have no. felt something. I mean, it was like, oh, that's cool. Like, he should be in this game. 
Okay, but like, oh, all right, but yeah, like for me, banjo is like like I, all the things. The, like, the the closest one that like I got really. I mean, sure, yeah. What is the closest? Um, banjo. Okay. Um, for the same reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I think probably a little more than banjo, probably King K. Rule, just because of Donkey Kong Country. Like, I love that game. The funny thing is that I don't play King K. Rule like at all. Like, yeah. I don't touch them, but like I just love the fact like it makes me really happy, especially because like Elvis made them. Like, I mean, he just needs his own big giant lizard to play against my Bowser. I mean, Bowser is naturally. Like, I mean, like, what's your favorite character of all video games is in the game since like Melee, where he didn't get like an intro video; he was yeah. just there. Like, it's kind of hard to get like super excited about like. So, so he was your banjo moment in many ways. It sounds like well, even though well, he wasn't DLC. King K. Rool was definitely my yeah, banjo yeah. moment. Yeah, and and I think like, and Ridley kind of yeah too. I think definitely didn't expect Ridley to get in after all. Yeah, right after right. all the vote and everything. And, oh yeah, Sakurai yeah. going like he's too big, he's too big. Yeah. Well, then he's in there because I mean, I also really love Ridley. I mean, I love Metroid so. Yeah, yeah, I think, and I think what was cool about, with me, with Banjo at least, and why I had this bias is like, it's not, obviously I was saying it's a huge deal to me, but, kind of like how Ridley and King K. Rool were to you, but it's, it's it the no, first it, time. It was not Ninja Turtles and Injustice, though. I, I, oh, you lost your mind that's like when the that first, came that's, out. I think that's the first time I ever audibly, like, said, like, like no way, what? Are Wasn't, you, wait, what? was I here when that, no. No, no, you weren't. I was driving over to record the podcast, no, I, and I, I walk in the room, I, and you're like, you have to watch this. I'm like, what? It's like, it's into justice. I'm like, I don't care about injustice. No, watch this. And you were, you were losing your mind. I've never seen you like that. Yeah, it was, it was nice. Yeah. I mean, they did such a, I mean. The attention detail they put in that is kind of like how, like, a Sakurai... Yes, that's what I was going to say, is the it's banjo... Like, it's like they really cared. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like the banjo, like, I know Sakurai's always like, oh, I did this little nod to this and this little nod to that. And if you're a true fan, you'll appreciate this reference. And I was like, sure, okay. Banjo's the first time I was actually able to be like, I do know what you're referencing. I do appreciate that. That is super cool. And I don't think any other Smash DLC is going to do that for me. I can't think of another character that would have the same gap of coverage in the world of Nintendo and then suddenly kind of get rushed in like this out of nowhere and be this big of a deal and this personally connected to my childhood like yeah, this. Unless they bring out, like, Phoenix Wright or an Elite Beat Agent. Like, I don't know what else that would be. Like, like, or, or, no, Rhythm Heaven. It'd have to be Rhythm Heaven. It's Choir Boys. It's a rumor. Yeah, there we go. Rhythm but, like, Heaven would, would definitely... I guess, like, Cone, is there a character besides Joker that could, like... Is, was Joker the pinnacle for you? Oh, yeah. Because you guys really? were at the Game Awards. I, I was, yeah. Or you were at the Game Awards. There's no other franchise. both of you. Oh, like, you were losing your mind via text, yeah. Like, yeah and I was like, I'm not on a award show. Let me watch the award show. No, Joker. Even, I mean, obviously, them being a Nintendo character means nothing now, so... Uh... Like a dream character. That's not probably Goku. Uh, maybe a couple <laughs> Goku. <laughs> probably maybe a couple of years ago, Sora probably would have done it for me. Do you think if they were to suddenly bring in Sora, I mean, we got a second wave of DLC coming, would you react at all, or just be like, oh yeah, that would have been cool years ago? I mean, it's it's. Don't get me wrong, it still would be cool. Yeah. And a lot of people lose their mind if Sora. Oh get, yeah. If Sora yeah. gets it's like we have a form of sands in there is ridiculous. That's the other crazy thing is like. Okay, before we even get to how Banjo plays, we've talked about everything but. But, yeah, I'm liking this new me costume fighter doesn't – or me fighter costume doesn't mean it has to be a me wearing a costume. I know. They're actually, like, I, changing the skin coloring, like, the texture work, that's the what, head. That's what really bothered me about, like, the first – because, like, why, like, make Knuckles, like, the way – just give Knuckles face. Just give him, like, the same proportions. Just make yeah. him a me fighter. It's like – yeah, like literally what they did with Sans, like they finally got around to doing it right. Yeah, and what's crazy is I hated they, these guys like, oh, you're me dressing up. Like, I don't want my enemy to dress up. I wanted to make Lloyd because you're not going to put Lloyd in Smash Brothers. Right, right. I and wish I, they brought back that costume. 
Oh, you'd say what? I wish they brought back that costume. The, the Lloyd. Lloyd. Yeah. They may still, because here's the thing. All they promised they're going to do more DLC. They said nothing about costumes. That's true. I they can't keep, imagine they them keep being like, back we're old. not going to make 75 cents. Oh, yeah, right. I mean, they keep bringing back old costume from Tales of Symphonia. Yeah. Yeah, because he was in Smash 4, but then in this one, they just released like Zero and Proto Man, which were in Smash 4. But there and like, he wasn't in Smash, but I do dig that Pokemon Goma. Cool. I, yeah, no, I Team mean, Rocket's Team Rocket, cool. Yeah. And I do dig the Gomon they did, because I did like Mystic Ninja on N64 back in the day. But... Well, I was going to say, the thing about Sans that's interesting, I think, is going to convince Nintendo. If they weren't planning to do more costumes, yeah. they're now going they to... They a song, which is pretty neat. The, the, yeah, did I say Sans instead of song? Anyway, the, the, um, the buzz around that, when that happened, I, I swear, he was getting more attention than Banjo. Well, yeah, Undertale has a huge... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, people were like, yeah. oh, he added about the character. Like, no, he's still, he's still not many characters. No, like, I went to. online and played <laughs> tournament mode when Banjo came out, and I saw fewer of Banjo than I did of him by, like, twofold. Like, it was insane. And, and, like, it's really cool for the creator because, you know, he made a game that's kind of a nod to... He went to Sakurai's house. Yeah, and he made a game that's, like, an homage to Earthbound, and he's really all about Earthbound. And then he gets to get his character in the only game Nintendo recognizes as a thing that they care about with the Earthbound characters. That what? It almost feels not like Shovel Knight got snubbed. A little. Yeah. Yeah. Shovel Knight should have a costume if... Shantae... I see Shantae. I don't know if Shantae would come DLC, but Shantae could very well become a costume. I don't know any that would really fit her well because there is no like mage fighter. That's true. Yeah, but yeah, it's 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 interesting. And you know, like, she has to have her dances with her tongue. Like all those rumors. That's true. And all those rumors about like, oh, Steve from Minecraft could be in it. Like now that we know he's not, but um, now that we know, you know, they're doing more DLC besides the season pass. We're going on to potentially endless DLC. Um, yeah. I don't think Steve's gonna make the cut for DLC as a fighter. He could totally be a me costume. Yeah. Costume. It would make perfect sense. It would be a nice nod to Microsoft. They already put Banjo in there, so clearly the copyright issues aren't there. And Minecraft is having a resurgence right now. Um, people are getting tired of Fortnite streaming, so they're streaming Minecraft again. It's safe for those YouTube guidelines you so mentioned earlier. So many books. Like I, like, I work at elementary school. Well, sometimes. I'm a sub. Yeah. And a kid was reading a book, and it had like a very nice-looking artsy cover, but it was Minecraft. And then it said, like, by the, right, by the author of World War Z comes... Whatever the book is called. <laughs> yeah, I took a picture of it because it was like... No one whoa. could see this, but Kevin did a literal double take. Yeah, what? Um, but yeah, no, Minecraft is really having a moment. I mean, just to give you an idea, number two game on the sales chart in August was Minecraft. It hasn't been charting that high in a long time. What's the book called? The Island? Minecraft, The Island. Weird. That looks like an awesome cover, though. Wait, let me see that. Yeah, like by whoa, it's like some sort of yeah, it's like some sort. This is a cool cover. Pretty beefy. I don't know. I don't know how to. There's no pictures. Yeah, I don't know how to describe this out loud. It's It's just cover. It's just a giant armored wearing Minecraft dude. But it's all like kind of neon and. But but he's like a silhouette, like the artist inside of him. It's like a a landscape. The art comes from within. Yeah. But anyway, um, so yeah, I think like costumes are going to be a big thing in the future that we're not really anticipating in terms of DLC. Um, but in the meantime, we have fighters. We have Banjo. We haven't actually talked about Banjo himself. What do you think of him, Angel? Yeah, I mean, like we said, like his moves are all true to him. Like he, I don't know, just like Mega Man and all the other DLC they've been in, it's always awesome playing as them because it kind of feels like extensions of the game or Sonic. Yeah, you know what's crazy to me is he feels exactly how you would envision he would feel and he plays exactly how you would envision he would play. Yeah. I mean, oh, when he runs, what's he going to do? Oh, obviously they'll do the little Kazooie kick-up thing and there it was. Oh, his jumps go look like this and feel like this and it does. Oh, what if like yeah, he could my- shot at, shoot eggs repeatedly? Yep, Kazooie could become the little bazooka from the single pl- from the first-person mini-game thing in Banjo-Tooie. 
Like, everything's yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, it happened, like, a few nitpicks. Like, oh, I wish his back air was his forward air because that's kind of how it's mainly used. Like, never, never like that in the yeah. game. But, yeah, I mean, like, at least, like, from a, like, competitive standpoint, yeah, he's, like, an annoying character to fight against. See, I knew you had negative like, things about the competitive side. Well, I mean, he's a good character, but, I mean, and you could, like, well, like, with Bowser, like, it's fine. Like, I could deal with him, but mm-hmm. any other character that is not Bowser... Because he pretty much just runs the... Well, good banjos that know how to play them. Like, easy banjos will just kill themselves. Like, you don't even have to do anything. So basically when you play me. But, like, good banjos, like, the He has... His downbeat throws out a grenade. And he could throw that grenade out in the air and instantly catch it. Or just let it drop and zone you out. And that grenade is so annoying. Like, it just... Pretty much... It's like a Gordo that just takes up all the space that pretty much says you can't go here. And while he's doing that, he'll also shoot eggs at you. So even though Sakura was like, oh, you can only throw the grenade behind you... I don't know, I guess he forgot that people can do an instant turnaround reversed grenade, so it's almost like turning around is not an issue. It's almost an advantage yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And Do you think they'll nerf that? They, they pretty much just like, yeah, he's just a really hard character to get in, because even when you finally break through his barricade of eggs, he just side-bees you, which is an invincible move that just comes at you and can kill you really early. Right. And bad banjos, you'll know when, they're, when it's coming, but good banjos... Yeah, it's it's kind of a nightmare. So for me, I've actually I'm I'm probably a bad banjo, but I actually I'm surprised that he obviously I'm a more casual Smash player, but I'm surprised that he clicked with me as much as he did. Like there's some characters I try and I'm like, oh, that's cool, but like not for me. But I'm finally gonna not use maybe because here's the beauty. So I use Toon Link, right? Because I love spamming Toon Link's down A. Guess what banjo has a down A that's very similar. It's just Kazooie's B can stand Yeah, but your up so B can, is also kind of your saving grace sometimes. I know. I do this amazing combo that no one says is possible, but I do it. Uh, it's an... Uh, wait, what is it? Just up B? No, there's something else I do first. With what? I don't remember. It's a two-part thing. I don't know. But oh, I think I do a down A, launch them in the air, then do an up B and meet them up in the air and then send them off the stage. Uh, that's what it is. Yeah. Or yeah. I mean a down A to an up B. Yeah, because normally that's impossible to connect, so you're like, well, there's no reason for me to... Like, but then Jason it. over here is like, I yeah. can do it. And then I, why did I talk myself? I think you'd person? have to be a um, madman. You have to be an yeah. idiot to do it. And I am. So I do. And it works and no one expects it. And I've killed people with that. Like literally one matches with that occasionally on rare occasions. Um, but yeah, I really like Banjo. I would say off my fandom alone, I give him like a 12 out of 10. <laughs> but yeah, he's really fun. Um, although what do, you, what do you think of Terry? What do you think he's going to be like? Kind of looks like Ken in a different outfit. Yeah, a little. But, I mean, also, like, I didn't really grow up playing King of Fighters, so... Me neither. I mean, there's a following. It's cool that they're bringing in more fighting game people. The trailer, I thought, was really awesome. That yeah, the, like, the new G. Like, it's, it's like a, yeah, the trailer, the trailer. It's like a yeah. whole, like, you know, pay their respects to... They really care about these characters. Yeah. And and I do like... the I mean, he's inclu- just... Conceptually, yeah. his inclusion's cool. really cool. Because, cool. like, you know, Sega Nintendo in the 90s it's were like the big rivalry. Banjo... I'm sorry, who'd you say? Terry. No, but Bobo who, who? from SNK. I was, I was starting to say that he was starting. I wanted to let him finish his thought, but I'll, I'll jump in real quick. I was going to say second and ten were a big rivalry in the 90s, right? But of the fighting games, there's also, you know, Scoot Over, you got the Neo Geo world, and you got Street Ten. Fighter, Mortal Kombat, Ten. and. Ten, well, Tekken was late 90s. I'm thinking Nine. 16, but you got Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, and. Fury. Yeah, exactly, and Fatal Fury. So now, two after year represented, all you need is like Scorpion or something, and we got the whole. <laughs> the other. 16-bit war. That I mean, wasn't. would be the time. the most kid-friendly one because he just freezes. Exactly. Yeah. SNK hasn't released a King of Fighters game in forever, so I wonder Did if this he... also means something I mean, for that. For that oh yeah, it's not Fail Fury. It's King of Fighters. I was thinking. Or no, Fail Fury was. was yeah, he was originally. Yeah, he was originally right. Fatal yeah. Fatal yeah. Fatal Fury. Um, well, they are. I mean, King, they... King of Fighters. Didn't they have one like in 
Well, I guess that's still a long time ago. Like They're like six, they keep seven years ago, maybe less. They keep uh, I don't remember, but they do keep dancing around the idea. Like they did SNK Heroines, the fighting game on Switch, like a year ago. Terry was in that. Was he? Yeah, that's DLC, but they um, they made him a woman. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. But like they keep dancing around, and now like just last week, right after Terry was revealed, they announced their own like uh, mini console. You can get a Neo Geo arcade controller. And you can actually plug it into your TV and play on the TV. I mean, Terry, or you could do some other thing where you play I mean, it some other way. Terry has remember. been on the Switch since the beginning with all the hamster ports. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah all the arcade archives and stuff. Yeah. So it's it seems like it's a good fit. It's a good fit. Um, and, and really, like, it's just crazy to think that we're now getting unlimited DLC. Which, like, ultimately, no pun intended, but ultimately, it's Sakurai just decking way too much of his time to this thing. I mean, like, if there's ever a game to end on, it'd be this one. Yeah, and like he was saying in his Famitsu column that came out the other day that um, Nintendo gets to pick the characters. He gets to veto them if they don't work, but the reason he's putting all... Or actually, no, it wasn't Famitsu. He said that Famitsu, but then at the TGS at Tokyo Game Show's award show a couple nights ago, he said that he's putting... Like, this was the final mission from Iwata. This was the final request from Iwata is make Smash for Switch. Which wasn't called Switch at the time, probably, but makes that master new system. So he's willing to do this insane dev cycle and make endless DLC because he wants to, like, you know, do right by Iwata because they're good friends, which is really kind of touching and really yeah. nice. Um, and it, the the problem is he, the dude needs to take vacations. I hope he is because I remember that story where he would like, oh yeah, I had to like uh, work on the game, so I got an IV drip before I went to work. I'm like, no, that's not healthy. Like, don't do that. So I'm hoping whatever he does, he's finding the right work life balance. Um, but I'm very excited that we're potentially getting this sort of weird hype about Smash. You know, every couple months, forever. And always. And, for you, Angel, they actually give dates now. Or months, at least, now. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. tell us what the fifth one was, but... But at least yeah. you know Terry's coming in November, which is... I remember when they announced Banjo, you're like, really mad that you don't know when he's coming out. While well, like, you know, Mortal Kombat 11 announced all their DLC I with mad. dates. I was just like... Yeah, you were like, pretty frustrated. I was just like, alright, we saw this trailer for Mortal Kombat. Oh, look, here comes Joker, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Spawn, and Sindel, and oh, they all have... They're all dated. Yeah. Very all, generously nice. far apart, probably in like response to all the, you know, overtime stuff. But... Yeah. Hey, you know, I mean, at least we know when they're coming. And now we and may start coming. to know... With Smash, because at least they're giving months. That's progress. Yeah, and I mean, if he's coming in November, I'm sure we'll find out who it is, like, who the fifth one is, like, by October game awards. or something. Nah, we'll probably find out the Game Awards. That's what they did last year. In well, actually, yeah. Because they can ride the hype of him in November, and then they're not going to do another direct before, another real meaty direct before the holidays, I would guess. Um, this does actually feel like a good spot to sort of switch to the next, the next uh, bucket of news in the direct, actually, which is Switch mm -hmm. Online. Did you guys notice how much Nintendo was pushing Switch Online in the Direct? It was, like, very in-your-face. Like, you know, the new Super Nintendo games uh, for subscribers, or, like, Tetris, or Overwatch, or this, that, or next thing. And it all was, like, this huge push. Switch Online, Switch Online, Switch Online. If you're not here, you're missing out. Switch Online, Switch Online. You want this, you want that, you need Switch Online. I was kind of like, whoa, okay, this is... They're really aggressive with it. And, I mean, right out of the gate, like I was saying, Overwatch. Switch version of Overwatch, confirmed now. It's being dubbed the Legendary Edition, uh, along with including all the game's content thus far and bonus skins. It's notably coming with a three-month free trial mm. of Switch Online in the box. Granted, the box is just a download code if you go for the uh, ball, but okay. it is either way. Whether you, down, you, know, whether you get the box and you download it or you just go to the eShop and you download it, you are getting three months of Switch Online with that, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's cool. And it's a big. I think it's a big play on... Um, 
Blizzard and Nintendo's part too, because Overwatch is like what forty million players or some crazy high number like that, and that's a huge audience. You could interest in the concept of hey, you like Overwatch? Want do you want to play it on the go? Now you can. Do you want to use gyro aiming? Are you a fan of that? Now you have it only on Switch. So they could get people that wouldn't want that wouldn't have bought a Switch on the Switch and then hook them into online. I wonder if they're going to use that uh, API that that voice chat API. I think they are. So that's the other thing that I'm kind of like. This is suspicious. Is um. Like, there's a lot Overwatch seems like it's kind of, like, not doing exactly right on Switch. Like, I'm pretty sure it's 60 frames on other systems, right? I believe it is. It's only 30 on Switch. Okay. Um, it's not running. It's it's 900p when docked, not an actual 1080, which, you know, that's okay. It's still HD. Um, but, like, there's stuff like that, and you're kind of like, oh. Like, there's weird... You're, you're getting drawbacks with Overwatch. But then they do stuff like, yeah, there's this new game invite system. That Nintendo rolled out with uh, version 9.0, the firmware for Switch. No one knows what it's for. No game for supports it. And then suddenly this digital download-only version of Overwatch that comes with free Switch Online that is a team-based game where you need to be able to find people to play with happens to be out five weeks after that update. That's pretty coincidental. So yeah, I think um, I think that's what it's for. And I think like stuff like that and stuff like Gyro and this fact that you can do voice chat through the game directly you don't need to use the switch online app are all these plays to kind of make up for some of the shortcomings of the resolution the frame rate that sort of thing so it's gonna be an interesting how old is overwatch four, four years really isn't it well has it been that long 2016 i think three years sorry my bad. Three, three years, years. yeah that's three and a half wow. depending on when it came out wow. but yeah it's 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 interesting i'm really curious to see like how it shakes out in terms of what sort of appeal it has because it is sort of like you're picking there are literal pros and cons versus just playing it on the other systems where it's just exactly what you would expect it to be although i guess portable isn't possible on the other systems so yeah but the the huh. yeah so i guess it, i guess that has cons too the um the one thing that is kind of well, like they both have cons yeah they both have cons and they both have pros the, the one thing well, i have enjoy cons oh uh, yeah I wonder if this means if this adds like any possibility to Tracer being in Smash. I don't know. I mean, we talked about that rumor a bit yeah. last episode, and at the time, I think at the time Overwatch was still a rumor for the yeah, yeah. But at the time, my thinking was, and I think it still is, just because this big game's kind of switch doesn't mean the characters gonna come with it. I mean, I think Terry being the fourth DLC and not Doom Guy is rumored, not Steve from Minecraft is rumored, not any of that is rumored, kind of points to the idea that it doesn't necessarily have to be something marketing related. However, on the other side of that exact same coin is Sakura, as I was just saying, saying that Nintendo picks the characters for him and while I was happy to do it, he's not getting to actually choose them up front. So, which might be how he snuck in the Undertale costume, actually, because I think he gets to choose those. Like, the guy was at his house. So, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. It, it's more likely than it was, but does will it happen? I don't know. But I, I do think it's kind of funny that, um, so, you know, we, we learn all about these drawbacks of Overwatch, and then in the same direct, as Overwatch, High Red Studios has a new IP called Rogue Company, and they're like, hey, it's a five-on-five shooter, and uh, it runs at 60 frames per second in 1080p. And it's like, oh, on Switch. And it's multi-platform, too. And I think it has cross-play, with Overwatch does not on Switch. So it's just kind of like, oh, so you could theoretically do all those things. But I'm not, I'm not trying to fault the devs of Overwatch or, say, Iron Galaxy, who did the great Diablo port, supposedly, supposedly, I haven't played it. But I'm not trying to say, oh, they're not doing their job. I'm just saying, like, it is sort of possible, so it kind of casts Overwatch in a funny light unintentionally. But, yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, well, we'll see how it does, I guess. 
Are you gonna yeah, get it? You're an Overwatch guy. Are you gonna get it? Maybe I'm not too sure because I I have over a thousand hours in the PC version already. Right, and since there's no crossplay, cross no, yeah, right? and there's no crossplay. There's no cross save. Like, you know, I I I'd definitely be closer to get it if there was cross save. Mm-hmm. If I could just bring those thousand hours over, right, and and vice versa, but there's no cross save. There's no real intensive for me to get it. Yeah, and I, I feel like that's one of the bigger cons of the pros and cons that people have to weigh. Because it's not if it's not like at parity, sure. But if you have something that's specced out better and you have all that time invested in it, it's a harder. So that like someone like a, me, this makes sense to buy. I've never played Overwatch. Rank perfect. Maybe? That but. and um, it is a competitive shooter. Yeah. So thirty frames just doesn't cut it anymore for competitive. Shooters. Yeah, and and, and that might be why we we'll probably never see crossplay as a result because you're playing against sixty frame people. You're yeah. playing against people who have normal controllers while you might be using gyro joy cons or whatever. So it becomes a weird thing. But as a... Wait, you mean mouse and keyboard? Which is Joy-Cons? No, because it's on PlayStation and Xbox, too. Yeah, mouse and keyboard as well. Sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that's another reason, too. Um, yeah. Until, until yeah. Uh, the Switch gets some sort of mouse and keyboard support, I probably don't right, see myself playing right. much first-person shooters on consoles. It feels like it's going to fall into the same trap that we were talking about with Fortnite last episode, where they had to move Fortnite from being cross-play with Xbox and PlayStation to cross-play with iPhones and iPads because on Switch because... Uh, Overwatch on iPad. Frame rate and stuff. <laughs> You never know. You never know. I was, I was playing Fortnite with a couple of buddies. I just recently started playing it. Started. Uh, my buddy was on Xbox. My other buddy was on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth person was on his phone. Huh. Wait, yeah. so he was able to hook in? They he was able to hook in with us. Really? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if, it's, if Switch is just limited to phones. but It might be. But it phones is. are a lot of play. That's weird. So phones can go PCs. towards the oh PC. Yeah, was no one was on a. No one was on Switch. No, yeah. Oh yeah, I, I was on PC. Right. Okay. PS4, yeah, Xbox, make... and phone. I think it's one or the other because I yeah. remember when we were in Mexico. Uh huh. Um, we either had to play with phones and Switch or PS4 and phones. Like you couldn't do both. Interesting. Poor Switch. Well, no, I mean, but, at yeah. that point, it was one of the other. No, I, know, I think it'll do okay. No, it'll be I fine. think it'll be fine. I mean, it'll the game's fine. huge yeah. on Switch. It's no big deal. But yeah, Overwatch is just, I think, one of many games that Nintendo's now really being like, oh, Switch Online, we can sell it with these games. Um, the other, of course, is Tetris 99. That also comes with a trial. That one, if you buy the physical version for 30 bucks, you get a year of Switch Online. And that physical version comes with all the new DLC they announced, comes with all the 2.0 stuff they rolled out. Um, so that means you're getting uh, daily missions to fulfill... And then you can earn coins and use those coins to buy new skins, including classic Nintendo skins. This is basically the Tetris DS sequel, or the closer mm-hmm. we get to a Tetris DS sequel. Um, it means you get the new Invictus mode. Wait, you get all the skins? We have to unlock them. You have to unlock them. They're through in-game currency, not real money. Oh. Uh, you get all the, or like, you know, that you earn. Uh, you get all, you get this Invictus mode where if you get number one, in any normal 99 Battle Royale of Tetris, which I will probably never do, you get a second mode where you can only compete against those other people who are really good. And then, of course, there's the paid stuff, too, which is bundled in with the physical copy. So that means um, both the stuff they had originally, like an offline CPU battle, a marathon mode, and now a two-player... This one's actually kind of cool. A two-player battle against the computer where you're sort of stacked on top of each other with mini views and a full local multiplayer support mode wireless place i might actually switches. pick this up because i i only have the three month online trial that i got mm, for mm-hmm. being a twitch right twitch wait you could have gotten a year out of that 
Did you not? Follow I think up? You're I supposed think to go I, back. And you I think I still can. Yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah, I yeah. also don't think that this subscription allows me to buy that controller, the Super Nintendo controller. No, it should. Uh, oh, I don't know. Because at the bottom, yeah. the oh, disclaimer said that. said that not for trial versions, and I'm I'm not sure if this counts oh, as trial versions. Oh, it probably versions, does. Yeah, so. not ca- oh, uh, so I I don't know if the, the Tetris one trial, is. I think yeah. that that's how they label it on the box. I think because I know Overwatch is definitely three month trial, but it's tricky because they also like to the point of them bundling things uh, in preparation for Switch Lite. If you go to the eShop right now and you go look at Splatoon or Mario Kart for sixty dollars, you get Splatoon plus one year of Switch Online. For Mario Kart, you get uh, for sixty dollars. Mario Kart plus one year online, or at fifty dollars you can get without online. So I, they discounted the games and threw in the online, and those are being billed, I think, as one year memberships, not trials. So and I don't, this one is being billed as a as a as trial. I'm, as a I'm not one hundred percent sure, but I, I think will, so. I I would check the I don't box art. See I why don't, I don't see why I would because let me check the box because out. a year is twenty dollars and this DLC is ten and this is costing thirty, right? Yes. Is this also also? Oh, I didn't even think of that. It's not yeah. even a deal. It's just straight up the yeah. value. Uh, let me check real quick. What was your question? Is this also a download code? There's no cart? No, uh, no DLC is 20, isn't it? No, DLC is 10. Big bo- uh, the big block DLC is only 10 bucks. And it's the same 10 bucks you paid for the first pack, uh, mm-hmm. the first pack of stuff if you want the new modes and you already paid. I barely have sales service in here for some reason. Let's see what it says. This is riveting podcasting. Um, let's We're all just loading things on our phones. Well, I mistyped box art as box R. Well, let's just make an assumption. Here we go. Include Switch Online 12 month individual membership. You are good. And I think that's also how they build it in the eShop for those who may want to take advantage of that Splatoon and Mario Kart deal. Although, if you're listening to this podcast and don't have those, I'm kind of surprised. Um, nothing against you if you don't. But yeah, it's just kind of interesting that they're doing all this. Um, I mean, I, I'm kind of tempted to get the DLC, actually. I still haven't. I, was, I said I was going to after the first batch, and then I didn't. And now I'm kind of like, well. Granted, I don't do much of the multiplayer stuff because we use Angel for that and his Switch, but we use you for your multiplayer. But uh, I still want the marathon mode, kind of. I still want the other stuff. I like the skins, but those are free. Don't get me wrong, though. There's something kind of lame about the fact that marathon mode, the classic Tetris mode, costs... Money. Yeah. Well, I think I think it's just because they built the game backwards. That's what's interesting. Yeah. And, and is it's like, and I I think I ran on a, a spiel about this a while ago on the podcast. Might have been for Ironic time, but in a nutshell, I was basically like, I would be okay if Nintendo doing this more often. If they want to do a multiplayer Switch Online like early access thing, and then they slowly build out the rest of the game and then sell it as a full product, and then give the differences DLC to us. Sure. Why not? That's more exclusive content for us. That's more reason to spend those twenty bucks a year. It seems like an easy win. Yeah, and and I guess at this point, this Tetris 99 would be worth $20. Yeah, yeah, it has a lot of content now. Yeah, so you'd essentially be paying $40. $20 for the the year, and then $20 for the the, DLC. I thought you meant you are paying for it, not you would hypothetically be paying for it. Yeah, I got you, yeah. Like, theoretically, you would be paying $40 for this game. Yes, and now we're paying only 30 and we got early access, and we've been playing it since February Mm -hmm. because of that. So, yeah, it works out. And, I mean, the thing is, like, hot dog. (laughs) <laughs> sure no but the thing is like dlc aside and all i think the idea of giving people tetris 99 early or giving you know the super nintendo games or putting uh super kirby clash which yes is just an enhanced 3ds port but it's free to start you know doing all that and having that all launch within 24 hours of the direct like nintendo this was a very concentrated effort by nintendo to almost give people like switch online fomo if they don't already have a subscription like they dropped so much free stuff. I mean, it's not just what I said. Like even Kirby, yeah, you can play Kirby for free without Switch Online, but you don't get online play. They're giving out the game's free to start, so you get in-game gem apples they call them, which are the currency. 
And if you are a Switch Online member, they just throw 100 your way. So even on the smallest scale, they're like, look at all this cool stuff you get if you pay us $20 a year. And it, I feel like it's got to work. Like, you got to subscribe if you want this stuff. And, you know, when you when you see all that, and then you see how Overwatch is using it, and then you see how Smash's DLC is out, and you need to subscribe to play online, and you see how there's all these different ways you can get a free extended trial. The Direct basically, in my mind, which is why I was calling it the film bucket, turned into one big pitch for Switch Online. 90% of the stuff in there, Switch Online was involved in some capacity. And I bet you it worked on a lot of people because the bang for your buck for Switch Online now a year in, in my mind at least, has actually, like, it's significant now. There's, you're actually getting good value for your $20 a year. Mm-hmm. Enough so that Nintendo's actually starting to specifically market online play in their commercials, which I haven't seen them do before. But I, I saw this ad on YouTube for the Switch Lite, and it was a mom and her kid playing Mario Kart on a regular Switch at home. And then the mom went to the airport and went on a business trip, and then she gets to her hotel, pulls out her Switch Lite, and then there she is playing online with her kid using the Switch Online app. They don't show the app. They still show the headset going to her phone. And they're continuing the... the they're like, in an airport? No, she was at the hotel at that point. Okay. It started with her at home. Hold on. She was able paper. to get internet hotel on her Switch? I've never been able to do that. Yeah, you could do that. I think Nigel I lost too. a bet to this. Yeah. So every year when we go to Comic-Con, Nigel carries around a do- uh, $5 bill? Yeah, the $5 bill. With a date on it. On his badge. On the back of his badge. The date on that bill was the first Comic-Con after the Switch came out. Him saying, I'm going to put the Switch on the hotel Wi-Fi. And me going, how? There's no like web bra- There's no like yeah, proper portal. I've- you ready? You try and connect. Out of nowhere, an internet browser appears. And it lets you. There is a baked-in internet browser from the same company that does the DS one, the, the Wii U one, the 3DS one. the all. Well, yeah, not DS. That was Opera. But 3DS and Wii U. And it's called NX, coincidentally, the name of the company, which is funny because that was the code name for Switch. Never worked but, but, yeah, so you do it. You go to, He showed it to me, and I had to pay him $5, and he rubs it in my face every summer. But, yeah, you go, and you hit the thing, and if it needs to do a login or some sort of initiate, initiate, uh, initial thing, it will shoot up a web browser on the screen. The same web browser it uses for um, when you like look at Smash DLC or when you go to the news app and it clicks you through to something, it's that weird. When you're signing it to Twitter. When you're signing to Twitter for the social sharing. Weird. Yeah, no, it's it's real. And I lost $5 across of it, so I, I get it, but it's real. <sighs> yeah. And he rubs it in my face every year. But yeah, it's um, my, my point is like this person in the commercial starts bonding with her kid in person, finishes bonding with her kid online, and they haven't really pitched Switch online in that direct way in like general commercials for the Switch. So it's kind of like, oh, like even Nintendo knows they've hit the, point where this thing's a good value sadly it took them a year but they did it and um i think one of the tipping points of that was probably the fact that we now have 20 super nintendo games all available at once part of this 24-hour rush of why you should get switch online and it doesn't help with the sheer overload of september releases i mean i can't remember a month that's had so many noteworthy games come out in a september or a, a year that has so many noteworthy games come out in september as this one because like besides first party stuff you know Link's Awakening Dragon Quest XI S uh, Damon X Machina we that's this weekend there's also all this indie stuff you got Untitled Goose Game uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts just was announced for the 19th the day before Untitled Goose Game which is the day of Link's Awakening it's just like guys need to chill out like this and then there's the shadow drops in the direct too there's games like uh, Divinity 2 and Deadly Premonition's Origins and it's just like so much stuff this month and then surprise 20 Super Nintendo games or as Nintendo calls it, the <clears throat> Super Nintendo Entertainment System hyphen Nintendo Switch Online. 
Which you could tell yeah. even when he's saying it in the presentation, he's like, this is like five too many words. So it's right up there with the iPhone 11 Pro Max, Pro which Max. is also a bit of a mouthful. Of a name. XS, XS yeah. Max, Max, right? Yeah, 10s. Apple says it's a 10, not an X. Yeah, true. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, what do you guys think of the? So the S, the Super Nintendo games are here. We finally have them. What do you think of the lineup? What have you been playing? What are you happy with? What you wish was there that wasn't? Um, lineup's okay. Playing Mario World. Wish it had Donkey Kong. Same, yeah. Thank you. Wow, shortened yeah. to the point. Do you, you also Same, feel like, I, I literally the exact I've exactly. Been I've Mario. also been playing Super Mario World. I mean, obviously, I I have to play it because I I have that goal by the end of the month of being it, or else I apparently just like I don't know what I do. We never really set a term. But um, surprise, Demon's Crown is there. Never played it. Only knew about it. So I mean, I like Firebrand because of you know Ghosts and Goblins. He yep. was playable in Marvel vs. Capcom, so got me more interested in the character. Mm-hmm. Always heard interesting things about. Um, Oh, I already forgot what it's called. It has like fire in its name. It's some RPG that people Breath get. Breath of Fire. Yeah, Breath of Fire. Capcom. So I'll probably boot that up at some point just to see just what it's about. And that's pretty much it. Just kind of wish Donkey Kong through there. Yeah, I think like I, I think what I appreciate about it, I mean, granted, all I played so far. The rewind Mario button World. is very cool. But, yeah. yeah, and that's and they and they also like reverse brought that to the NES. App. I mean, that was already there, but they also brought like you can now hide finally the buttons along the bottom where it's saying like oh you oh. can pause the menu with, mm-hmm. or you can switch menus it starts like it like actually shrinks the game screen as a result you can now turn that off in both apps via a toggle which is great but I think like what I appreciate about it and granted I haven't actually taken advantage of it yet but I like that when they launch these things they put an emphasis on multiplayer experience because they know the online is the new hook like when the NES one launches a lot of multiplayer first ones and now they're doing it again I mean obviously there's expected ones you got F-Zero you got Super Mario Kart but there are some genuine surprises, at least to me, in there. Like, games that never got re-released since the SNES days. I mean, Super Soccer, Super Tennis, most notably Stunt Racer FX. Like, there's... Stunt Racer FX is really interesting. That was the other game by Argonaut, the guys that made the first Star Fox. They made this, like... Which, by the way, is also in the Switch Online catalog, the first Star Fox. But they made this game where you're, like, these little cartoon buggies and you just race. It's kind of like F-Zero, but it's kind of like Mario Kart, but it's kind of its own thing it's it's interesting i haven't played it yet but i've seen video over the years and i was like what like how does this and now you and now i can but i still haven't lease it <laughs> but yeah basically yeah. but what what i like about these games good or bad as some of them may be like i don't think super soccer or super tennis are like noteworthy but what's cool about it is like they're presenting a piece of nintendo history that we haven't seen it's been long buried like to your guys's point about donkey kong country you can play that already on so many things. It's on Game Boy Advance. It's on multiple virtual consoles. Oh, yeah, let me just pull that out because it's so convenient. Yeah, yeah. no, they're not, my, they're not your TDS is still accessible. accessible. Yours is not Angel. as convenient anymore. I know. I'm not saying it's the. Pr- I'm not saying it's the pinnacle yeah, I mean, of the way to play. On this tiny little screen. No, my point is. My point is. Your point is moot. You let me finish my point. No, my point is. I appreciate let me the just fact. Rewind this feet. This, if oh, only. Can't, yeah. yeah, if you can't because it's not yet on Switch Online. No, but my my point is like I appreciate the fact that there are games that Nintendo has not had a chance to bring back that they are now bringing back. Ideally. They could do that simultaneously with giving us Donkey Kong. There's no reason they had to stop at 20. But I appreciate the fact that they're kind of like giving us a piece of gaming history. And, and let's be honest, Donkey Kong's coming. It's a matter of when, not if. There's no way it's not. Um, like, Well, it's happening. We're not getting those monthly drops anymore. That's the downside. Yeah. So we don't know when. 
and and for all the praise I just gave Nintendo for going thinking out of the box with games that you guys disagreed with, um, <laughs> I will agree that the the lack of uh, of a time frame. Well, they're going to stop trickling down games that we don't care about. No, so they're going to do worse. They're not going to trickle down games we don't care about. They're just go haphazardly whenever they feel like throw games out there. Mm. And for us, as what, what was it going fans, too faster though? Yeah, I think so. No, I think they got tired because of them. You guys got to calm down. We're I think too many got, NES games. I think they got tired. Hey, we're at 40 now. That is a lot, according to someone somewhere. But uh, is there a way to like hide all the the special versions? I don't think so, but you can actually sort them by about six new criteria, including playtime and title and release date and all this other stuff. So you could probably, or manually, so you can literally just bury them if you don't want them. So they're at the very bottom. But maybe there's a way to hide them. I'm not sure. Um, but I, I do think from like a fan perspective, it kind of sucks that we don't have any sort of, like, I get why they did it, it, the negative attention every time. It's like only three games and none of them are good, but it kind of sucks that we have no idea when games are coming out and there's only 20 on SNES and there's like 40 on NES. So now you just have to wait. But from Nintendo's perspective, honestly, like, I'm sure we'll get like a couple every like Nintendo Direct or something. Well, that's the thing. Like from Nintendo's perspective, this is the perfect business move. I mean, they can tie in classic games with new releases. They can fill gaps in their lineup. They can they tie could have in with done that direct. anyway and they just can use put it out games no one cares about during the month. Yeah, but like for them doing it this way, they avoid all the negativity of every time they release three and people go, like, "What is this? Why is there only three? Because like think about it. every time a new NES game came out, what was the buzz? It was not awesome. I get to play Double Dragon. It was Where's the others? So this kind of sidesteps that. Because well, who's going to bring it up? But I feel like this is going to make it even worse. Now we're going to get a game that we don't care about. And it's like, they decided <laughs> well, to no, no, no. My, my guess is they're going to do them in batches. My guess is because the buzz over Super Nintendo coming was so good. They're going to go, okay, well, at least do like a chunk at once. Who knows what's in the chunk? Like, I mean, ideally, we should have gotten the Super Nintendo games a long time ago. Um but then, like, from Nintendo's perspective, that little subtle pitch in the direct of, like, Switch Online, it's where it's at. You need to get Switch Online. It loses a lot of its oomph because we already have had all those, and that's already an old talking point. So it's it's a weird – it's, like, a weird thing they have to figure out. But I suspect shadow drops of groups of any of NES and Super Nintendo games is going to be the future. And I don't, think, I don't think it means they're not doing it. I think it just means it's going to be a while. Like, as a fan, I, I would rather they just stick to it. Monthly schedule. Exactly. Yeah. But, but I can't really fault them from beyond just my own fanboy needs. Like I said, it, it's really the same logic as why we're seeing so many enhanced ports spaced out, too. In fact, like, you could argue Super Nintendo games are just a small-scale version of exactly that, enhanced ports. They add online. They you know, they are something on Switch that you used to be able to play on TV, but now you can play on the go often. And, you know, a game like... Watch this. A game like Tokyo Mirage Sessions, no reaction. Hey, it's... It's it's half Persona. Uh, no, it's it's Shin Megami Tensei. Oh, you're right. My bad. How which which wow, perso- Persona wow, is a wow. spin-off wow. of yes, Shin Megami yes, Tensei, yes, I guess. Yes. Wow. But anyway, I was going to say wow. again, like uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, you know, that's only being announced for Switch right now. It's coming out in January as a calendar filler. Like It's not like Nintendo suddenly out of nowhere remembered, oh, yeah, we made that weird pop star Fire Emblem game. Uh, we should get it on Switch real quick. Like They know what they made. They're just sitting on it till they have a gap. Funny when that game got revealed, everyone was like, oh, no, please don't bring back the that one tweet. You know what I'm talking about? About the bone. Oh, the, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The yeah. bone that got removed. The, the female <laughs> genitalia bone. The V-bone? Yes. I don't want to know. We'll explain it to you after the podcast. But, um, but yeah, this does, I just said I don't want to know. But you got to know anyway. No, <gasps> so uh, ignoring that comment, this does nicely sort of segue us into talking about ports. Because I feel like the third bucket of news from this direct, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, there was a lot of ports. 
like so many ports and there's nothing necessarily about ports but there's if you like stop and count the actual number of game announcements in the presentation the vast majority was ports some bigger than others like you can't say xenoblade chronicles definitive edition is on the same scale as you know like the now confirmed doom 64 or the quick and dirty port of Devil May Cry 2, and then you got stuff like the Double Pack of Assassin's Creed, you got Star Wars Star Wars Jedi Knight 2, that came really out of nowhere. Um, and, you know, even more modern titles like Dauntless are coming over. That was a big thing on PlayStation for a little while. Dolly Premonition. Hmm? Dolly Premonition? Yeah, the, the port of that and then the sequel, which that we'll was huge yeah, okay, for actually, some people. What is the big deal with Dolly Premonition? Dolly Premonition, it's like a cult classic at this point. Do you, do you know I, don't, about I know it's a survival horror game yeah I know it was made by um sweary yeah yeah in like 2010 or so and it was yeah. on Xbox and PC, I think I think? I think it was on consoles okay was, yeah, was yeah on... but what like what is and I know it's like a detective sort of investigation yeah game, it's, but what's I thought the it was a movie it's very um very inspired by Twin Peaks mm, mm-hmm. it's got this very the 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 coffee shop in in the in Daily Premonition, it's pretty much the, the same coffee shop from Twin Peaks. So what's, how's it actually play? Like, what's... Is it like a <laughs> Badly. Of... It's a... Uh, <laughs> really? It, yeah. Um, so it's like a cult classic sort of deal. Yeah, it's a cult classic. But this this new one looks... And it it, it was obviously done on a budget. Oh, yeah. and Like, and... crazy. But this the sequel, I don't know if Nintendo's backing it, but it looks nice. So like, they sort of are. The art style. It's the a timed exclusive looks... for Switch. So oh, they're, okay. they're chipping oh. it a little, but it'll eventually come elsewhere. Supposedly, oh, okay. originally it said Switch exclusive. Then they, the the video that said that was pulled down, and a new one went up that said timed exclusive or oh, an okay, interview came out or something. But yeah, I, I like people. You're right. People were losing their minds over that. Like it was one of the most popular topics from the direct. I was like, I have never, I've never been like this is my hobby so much. But simultaneously, I had no idea what was going on. Like I really, mm-hmm. it was very confusing. But, but uh, yeah, it is cool that it's happening. Yeah, and, then Delete Premonitions Origins, which I think is a bad title. Just call it Delete Premonitions. We're uh, I think it implies it? it's um, a different game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, who who was it that said it? Uh, Jeff Gersman from Giant Bomb right. said that we're not that far away from its original release date to just call this game an Origins game. Yeah, but Nintendo's done this before too. When they did uh, what was it? Uh, Earthbound Origin? No. Yeah, they renamed Earthbound. Mother. They renamed. No, what was Earthbound? Mother. Zero. Yeah. Mother. Well, mother. Was mother. No, mother is now Earthbound Bound Origins. Because yeah, so. Earth, yeah, because Mother Name never yeah. came. So Earthbound Zero is now mm-hmm. Earthbound Origins, yeah. Yeah, that was kind of weird. No, but, Mother 1. Yes, because Earthbound is, is Mother 2. Yeah. So it's been, Mother 1's been nicknamed Earthbound Zero because Earthbound is Mother 2. Earthbound so zero? if you look at it from the Western perspective. We're no, er, did, yeah, if you look did at Mother the, 1 ever get released No, I don't over think here? so. No, until, that was the big until, deal until it was Earthbound until, Origins, and they called it that because people knew it as... So who Earthbound was, calling, was the first. Well, who was calling it Earthbound Zero? I think fans that's oh, okay. called it. Yeah, because the idea is like, you know, it's yeah. one before. So one minus zero. We're still one minus one is zero. Three. Math. Um, but yeah, there are a lot of ports in the, and then obviously Daddy Premonition. But there are a couple of ports that... Um, it, well, first of all, I should clarify. It's not like ports are bad. Ports are great. Especially on Switch because it has the intrinsic value of you get portability. So any game that might suddenly be one way is now a different way. But... Um, what was kind of interesting, you know, and if you never got to experience it for the first time, now you get to experience it. But what's kind of interesting is you, Kevin, freaked out about a bunch of the ports. We had a group text going, and you were super excited about Tokyo Mirage. Yeah, Tokyo Mirage. Like, I never got to play it. Yeah, because... and, and Return of the Oberdin as well. So do you Return want to talk? Return of the us... is awesome. So do you want to talk us through what the big deal is about both of those games? Well, me personally, because I'm a huge JRPG nerd, sure, and uh, I am a fan of Fire Emblem, 
and I am a fan of the Shin Megami Tensei games. So when they originally announced a crossover, I was like, whoa, that's awesome. Right. And then it turned out to be this, like, J-pop, I don't know, but <laughs> I I never got to play it because I, I didn't know a Wii U. Right. So I'm excited to finally play it. Uh, Return of the Oberdin is awesome. Go on. It is. <laughs> so it's a... Uh, I mean, isn't it... The premise looks kind of like that one game that takes place in space where you're like watching, trying to figure out what happened in that space station, and you're just kind of like re- uh, replaying. To, I think stuff. that was Tacoma. That's yeah. the one that you're thinking of. Yeah. Oh, I should mention real quick about Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Um, oh boy. Here we what, go. What's the full name? Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Sharp. F-E Sharp. F-E Sharp Encore. Yeah. Um, I was gonna mention you. You picked a good time to jump in. New song, new characters, new story. <laughs> Probably three houses tie-ins. Anyway, now that I got that out of the way, continue. Uh, it's out January 17th. Continue. Probably cut content oh, that they had to... So. Oh, for sure. It's cut mm-hmm. content. I mean, that's what's happening with Xenoblade. People discovered in the trailer that there's a hint of something that was in early trailers of Xenoblade that didn't make it into the final game. So it has cut content. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah. So Return of the Oberdin. It's like mystery something, right? Yeah. So I don't know the... I don't know how to explain the graphics. They're very retro. It's very like old, old school. It's like, like a DOS. dot matrix. It's a, yeah. like, it's a filter. It, it, it's obviously a filter, but yeah. it has kind of like an old Game Boy printer printout yeah. aesthetic. <laughs> It looks like a game that if they didn't have that filter on, it would look terrible. But because of that well, filter, they built it, it around amazing. the filter. I know that's like, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can say about anything if you take away how it, if you take away the the lay, the textures on top. Well, because the models to me still don't look that great, but the filter just makes everything like oh, it's like an aesthetic choice. Yes, I don't know. It, it, yes, it's, it's like a weird criticism because you're like they made an aesthetic choice, and then if you remove the aesthetic, the choice doesn't make sense. It's like right because it's an aesthetic yeah. choice. Uh, I'll find a better way to word it. But okay, I'm, sure. I'm not I'm nothing like. It's a terrible You're saying game. it's not very detailed, it's kind of lumpy because of the aesthetic choice. Uh, I don't it's, know. Supposed, it's supposed to look old, yeah, but in this yeah. modern... And it's not a ship, like a pirate ship, right? Or something? Yeah, it's a ship. Yeah. So, Return of the Oberdin, you play an insurance adjuster, mm-hmm. and you arrive on this boat, and you're supposed to see, I think, like, oh, how much money whoever's going to get... How much money whoever owns the boat is supposed to... I, I didn't get too far <laughs> into the game, but, but uh, basically... You find bodies, yeah, like dead bodies, and then you have this pocket watch that turns back time, and you see a little vignette of what happened. Uh-huh. Uh, so, like the very first person that you see on the ground, once you bring up the pocket watch, and then you go into this like weird like vignette, you see a very a still. I guess not a still image because you could walk around. You're in the same environment, but the you see him getting shot by somebody. Oh, okay. So, and yeah. so, and so, what you have to do is, you have a book, and you say, "Okay, this guy was the captain." So you'll put, "Captain so and so was killed by a bullet from a gun." So you're kind of doing like little clue things, yeah. like literally the yeah. board game. Thing. And there's, I think, like a hundred crew members, and you have to figure out how you you have to figure out their names, who killed them. Oh, interesting. How they died. Yeah. And and what killed them? So basically, someone's like, well, if we made the video game version of Clue, but it's not just a video game version of Clue. It's like, what would yeah. be the video game equivalent of Clue? Yeah. yeah. And, um, I mean, there are technically ways that you can cheat in that game, but I... Well, only... it's the fun of that. There's yeah. no fun there. Yeah. But, um, no, it, and it's, it's the same guy that made uh, Papers, Please. Okay. Which I still yeah. don't think that we've gotten a Switch port of that, not. right? We have not. I wouldn't be surprised if that's not far off, though. Yeah. I mean, especially if this does well. And, and this Nintendo also, gave it a lot of attention. And this also uh, still hasn't come out on other consoles. 
Yeah, I think they announced it. So they announced it for Switch, and I think the same day they're like, oh, also the others. Oh, okay. But but I feel like Switch... I feel like... Does it do anything that uses, like, mouse and... I must use mouse and keyboard. Like, I imagine... Does it do no, the, the, pointer this... stuff? Because Switch touchscreen would be great for that if it did. Uh, Is there any, like, point-and-click element to it? Yeah, or? kind of, but, like... Yeah. But th- that's not a big deal. It's, sure, it's, sure. It can easily be played with the controller. Gotcha. But this... I'm definitely picking this up and I love the look of it and uh, definitely finishing it I figured out a better way to describe how you could how it looks it's like a, if you took a dot matrix and made it 3D yeah yeah yeah. But did you figure out a better way to describe what you didn't like about it uh, doesn't sound very nice but I think I know what you're going to say so let's see if, let's see if I'm right is your concern it's not a concern it's just your my opinion of how it looks okay go ahead I th- go ahead well, I, I thought you were going to say your thing you, you want me to guess I Sure. Okay. I think what you're going to say is you think that they had either a low budget or not necessary skills to do more elaborate polygons. So they did the polygons they did, and then they overlaid that filter as a way to kind of well, mask it. Well, it's one it. dude. It's one dude. No, I know. Am I'm, I right? I'm, I'm, I'm not saying like... Am I right? Is that what you're going to say? No, yeah. It, it just sounds like, like a way to to mask, like, um, I mean, honestly, a low it's budget. Yeah. yeah. It's like you don't have the, the map power or maybe you're not sure like how to make the characters look better, so you kind of put the filter to kind of hide that. That's just like well, as soon as I saw this is what it looked like to me. This is what it is. That's I mean, everyone, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not a bad thing. Like, I mean, like you could say like it looks. I like... don't know if I entirely agree, but obviously, I wasn't entirely opinion. There's nothing wrong with thinking mm-hmm. that. Yeah, but like I, I for some. I wonder reason, if playing the game will make you change your mind. Yeah, I for some reason view it more as a entirely stylistic choice of sort, especially because it's set like old timey. So oh well, yeah. I mean, it, it then becomes a stylistic choice. It's like oh no, no, man. no. I mean, I don't think I don't know if he went. Man, I can't do polygons. Let me make a stylistic choice. I think he went. Let me make a stylistic choice. Oh, I don't need more detail. I also polygons. think this looks what he did with it looks way better than if it was like I don't know GTA poor, models. Poor yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, yeah. I mean, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, there's two ways of looking at it. it. It's just whichever angle you come in from. There's nothing wrong with one or the other per se. Yeah. I think you'll like the game. So, you know, I'll bring it over. You can mess, we'll buy mess around it. with it. Real we'll, give, we'll gift him a copy. I don't know why, necessarily, just because we're friends. And, and then you can... I don't take the it. gift, but... You're like, I don't know why you're giving me, but I'll take it. I mean, I don't have an issue with the way it looks. Yeah, no, I know. You're yeah. just saying what it reminded think, you of or what it made you think of, which is yeah. fine. There's nothing wrong with having that it's opinion. Just, it's just like, whenever I see indie games, that's, for some reason, that's like the first thing that comes to me. It's because, a slightly jaded view, but I get it because well, you because, do animation, so you know this. Oh, well, yeah, because I've also like made a game, so like we work around yeah. our limitations. It's like, oh, we don't know how to do this, yeah. so let's just do this. Yeah, so you have a more cynical take on it because you've been there. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, let's. Move on. let's. So, uh, we already. I was going to say there's also a couple new games. We already talked about Deadly Premonition 2. The W-E-I-R-O other... underscore O. <laughs> <laughs> He's signing off. You can find me on Twitter. I'll see you guys there. No, but. Uh, <laughs> I'm out of here. Yeah, no. Uh, I, I do want to bring up, along with Deadly Premonition, which we already covered, another new game um, Little Town Hero. I feel like it's one of two new games in the presentation. Like, everything else was ports or things we already knew about, but this was. And we kind of knew about Little Town Hero. I mean, well, actually, I should be fair. Farming Simulator 2020 was also showcased, and that was a new game. I was shocked it was showcased in a U.S. presentation. I didn't know Farming Simulator had any traction here. Like, I knew it did in Europe, and it makes sense in Europe. Traction and tractors, yeah. And I knew it had um, attention over there, but I was surprised to see it here. But anyway, what I'm really saying is Little Town Hero. Um, We saw it in what? February, briefly, in a direct... 
and it looked it was like, oh, it's this weird little RPG that Game Freak's making with Nintendo. Now we actually know the game mechanics and how they work, and it's kind of an interesting concept. First of all, it's actually not by Nintendo at all. It's a Game Freak self-published release. But basically what Little Town Hero is, is it's an RPG without the need to grind for stat boosting at all. And what that translates to is instead of outdoing an opponent based on whose level is higher or who has the better stats, it's based on the actions you choose to take and seemingly calculating the risk-reward of every action you take. So it's almost like – like it, even so much so that the monster you're fighting in all the one-on-one battles will tell you before you make your move what their move is. So the way I kind of see it is it's almost more like Advance Wars than it is like Pokemon. It, it just has RPG window dressing on top of it. Uh, and it's kind of funny because the director of the game actually cut his teeth on the Pokemon battle system. So it's kind of a weird pivot for him. But like in Advance Wars, like you know – what the plan of the opponent is based on what type of unit they put out into the field, right? Like when, if you know, if a, if you see in advance where they put out a helicopter, you have a rough idea of one of a couple of different ways it could go and you know how to accommodate for that. With this, if you know what the monster's going to do in one-on-one battle ahead of time, you can make the calculated response of how you're going to account for, for those different options and what you need to do and what the payoff is. And it's kind of an interesting premise because it's really not an RPG, even though it is an RPG. It's more of a straight-up strategy game. And it kind of goes beyond just the basic concept of picking attacks because uh, from what I was reading, you can move all over the game's main town as you battle, which means you can try and use different terrains to your advantage based on what the monster wants to do. And you can also recruit townsfolk too, which presumably introduces new variables and moves into the mix as well. So you have like this ever-growing list of possibilities of how you can tackle different attacks. But none of them involve levels, none of them involve stats really. It's more just like how creatively can you get around what they're doing. And it, it seems to be a kind of smaller scale project than what Nintendo first indicated. It's uh, download only. You never actually leave the town. And from the footage and press materials that I've seen, it seems like you're basically just juggling between battles and town folk dialogue as you try and figure out why this monster is invading, which is fine. But it's, it's you know, just not... Nintendo made it's not going to be this big first party thing from Game Freak. It's more of a little small scale thing. It's going to be 25 bucks. It comes out October 17th. Um, it seems like it could be cool. I'm kind of interested in the concept because, like I said, it's a strategy game that's not presented as one. So that that should at least be interesting. And plus, like, it, I always like when Game Freak goes off and does their own little weird side projects. Drill Dozer was good. Um, Harmonite was great. So did they do Timbo the they did, and I've heard good things about that. Um, and I actually, I flipped my good and great. Drill Dozer was great. Harmonite was good. That's the more accurate way of saying that. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm intrigued at least. It's an interesting concept to me. I don't know how you guys feel or if you've even paid any attention to it. It was in the direct fight 30 seconds, but yeah, I started researching. I'm just like, wow, that's actually really interesting. I was more interested in it after the fact than during the trailer, I guess. Yeah. After like, I learned more about it because first, like, it was just... They're not pitching it well at all. Yeah. It, like, I wasn't sold on it, and then I was like, all right, this is... I'll keep it on my radar. Yeah, like, it's an interesting concept. And and then all this is to say that, you know, Game Freak's other game, Pokemon Sword and Shield... Uh, doesn't have cool ideas too, but this is kind of more unique. But it, we did learn a little bit more about some interesting stuff Pokemon Sword and Shield is doing in the Direct. Uh, they showed off things like trainer customization, which is okay, cool. But more notably... A lot of people really didn't want that, though. I know, but like, yeah, it is cool, but it's just kind of like, okay, they did it. There's nothing really to say, yeah, except there it is. Yeah. But the one I thought was kind of interesting was the Pokemon Camp feature that they added. It's basically the Pokemon and me mode turned social. Or if you want to think of it um, through a Sonic Adventure lens, it's the Pokemon Chow Garden. I wish there was like a place in that camp. Oh, you got my attention. Yeah, there. I saw you perk up. Did they they mention, but I hope there's a place in there where you could like set aside Pokemon that you could battle whenever you want. 
kind of in, like in the camp. I don't yeah, cause think it, that's because in past games they used to have um, mainly Omega Ruby and Sapphire and um, you like Diamond the bases. Pro- yeah, like the bases because it was kind of a more helpful post game thing where people would put like blissy bases just to like max so, out. So this one's Pokemon. a little different. So how it works in a nutshell is that you'll be in the game's wild area and you'll stumble across a tent and you can actually pop in and meet up to three other trainers there. Or, you know, you could set up your own tent. And then once you're inside, it lets you do what Pokemon did immediately. At least that's what they're pitching it as. So, you know, that's interacting with Pokemon directly. That's giving them toys. That's serving them food for stat boosting, which we have now learned is in a very Breath of the Wild style situation. A mini game where you Make cook, curry. Yeah, make curry. Gotta cook, cook them all. Gotta cook them all. Have a curry dex fill out the curry. The curry gives stat boost to the Pokemon, I believe. The difference here, though, is you're interacting. That's where that memory went. What memory? For the lack of Pokemon fitting in, all the different oh yeah, oh the memory in the game, yeah, yeah. the national decks was replaced with the curry decks, but uh, yeah, and the real difference here though is that you're doing all this with your own Pokemon and other people's Pokemon. And to your question of well, how's it, you know, what's it mean in terms of storing? It seems like the what the way I'm interpreting it is, is real time. The way I'm kind of understanding it is it's basically one step closer to like a full scale Pokemon MMO that everyone's kind of been dreaming of. I mean, really. Pokemon uh, Ruby and Sapphire. Wow, Pokemon Sword and Shield has always seemed to be moving in that direction because you got the raiding parties together, you got the wild area, but it seems like here it's a drop-in, drop-out thing, and when people are online, the way I'm interpreting it is you can open up your tent, kind of like you can open up your Animal Crossing town, and then people can come and hang out and play with the Pokemon and do stuff with you. Ideally, there'd be some sort of either chat function or battle simulator or something where once you're in there, you have more you can do. But it sounds like like they literally pitch it as you're going to be walking around the wild area. You will see a tent. You can go up to a tent and it can either be a friend if you're on local wireless or it can be someone on the internet. So I don't really know. Like the local wireless thing suggests, oh, well, you have to kind of pre-plan it. But the internet thing suggests it's just there and you just stumble across them. And they probably just like randomly throw them out there. But then how does that work with friends online? Like there's so many weird little questions. So I wouldn't hold my breath for any sort of you leave Pokemon behind for other people to battle. Or you put them there in like holding because it sounds like it's real time, is how I'm interpreting it at least. But I think it's actually kind of a cool idea. It's it's uh, it you know it, it's like I said, it's, everyone's kind of been dreaming of having a Pokemon MMO one day. Like since I was like 12, I was like that'd be so cool. We could all play online together somehow. And this is definitely the closest we've got between the rain parties and the camps. You're basically meeting people and then going out with them to do stuff. So it, it's getting there. It's getting there. But I am curious what sort of limitations there are. Because, you know, there's, for example, you know, it says you walk right in and then you're just there. So do, are there, is it only friends? Do you have to manually approve people entering? Like once they're there, can they trade Pokemon with you? Can they serve your I'm Pokemon sure, curries? I'm sure can there'll you be like a curry? setting that's just like allow friends or, or friends only or yeah. public. And It'd be kind of cool. There's no way they would do this, but it would actually be kind of cool if they create like a whole like back and forth and they like in made like a team rocket in the game or i guess team yell in this case and you could actually go in and like steal people's pokemon they'd have to approve this ahead of time but then they'd have to like go find you and get the pokemon back and it became like some sort of more elaborate interconnected world which is nearly impossible for nintendo to do knowing their net code but it could be like a cool meta game inside the game if they were to do something like that but uh obviously that's not going to happen but you know it's it we don't know what it could be the nintendo's not really saying um, but along with that, we also got a couple new Pokemon introductions. Um, again, I, I personally feel like they're killing it this genre, this generation with these Pokemon. We got a big bird named uh, Cramorant who shoot, can shoot a fish out of his mouth uh, using an ability that's unfortunately named Gulp Missile. 
and they uh, the other Pokemon is worthy of a podcast episode title if I've ever heard it. Yep, Poltegeist. That's T because he's a ghost that's made from black tea and lives inside a teapot. So first, any thoughts on this great Pokemon name? All right. On the name? On the Poltegeist and the concept. Yeah. Poltegeist. I'm not too sold on the concept. It's just it's it reeks to me of like. Try hard. No, it reeks of like trubbish tea. and the keys and the candles. Yeah, so that, it, that you know what's funny is I would normally agree because I don't like the keys. I don't like the ice I like cream cone. Key. I like vanilla. I don't like. I mean, I'm even like even the fact that like Alchemy, which is a Pokemon made of cream, is now coming in 28 flavors in this game. You could literally find different color schemed ones all over, and they're oh, all different so flavors. It's like the new like, butterfly it, or the new poodle. Yeah, essentially. But it, even that, I'm kind of like. I don't know. It's a Pokemon made of cream. That's weird. But the second I said Poltegeist, because I'm feel about such uh, the the candy, the cotton candy looking one, yeah, kind of the same deal. Like I don't want Pokemon to be. Edible. Really annoyed me that they had a Slurpuff themed store in Sun and Moon, but Slurpuff wasn't in yeah Sun and Moon. Yeah, well that's how they that's how they're gonna get around the National Dex issues in the future. They will just make other references to the Pokemon. Watch, it's gonna become the norm. Probably the worst, but yeah, yeah. But um, what I was gonna say is like yeah. When you name your dude Poltegeist, I can't hate him, even though conceptually I don't like the concept. My my one request is that Nintendo never again describes this how this little guy lets its trainers taste its tea. Yeah. That's because, true. I'm sorry, that just sounds, I don't know, I, I, it sounds sexual without actually sounding sexual. Like, it does not, <laughs> I don't want to think about my Pokemon that way ever. And, and the only time I've ever come close to thinking about Pokemon in that light that sounds very weird. Is when I was 11 or 10. Oh, boy. And I had a... I'm just kidding. Look. I had a thought of, wait. So, Chanseys are only female. But Chanseys have an egg. How do Chanseys reproduce? So, I, I when I was 11 or 10, this is what... So, I was like... To the I, internet. So, no, not to the internet. I can't put the whole theory that much like, was it, starfish? Chanseys are actually asexual. And the egg in the pouch can be fertilized in the pouch, and then the chancy just pops out. And you thought about this when you were 12? Something like that. Jesus. Maybe 11. Maybe, no, like 10 or 11. I'd say 12. Don't, don't age me up to too old for this stupidity. 10 or 11s are pretty out there. Yeah, no, but I had a whole theory. I, was, yeah. I can't believe we've done this podcast for um, going on eight years and never brought this up before. But yes, I believe, I strongly believe that while chancy's may identify okay. female, they are asexual his in handle used to be Chancy Master at some point. This is true. When I was really, really, really young, I don't know why, but my first GOC site was Chancy Master, and it was called like Chancy Master 07 or something like that, and it was called Chancy Master's Pokemon HQ, and it had nothing of note on it. I think I made fo- fake Pokemon cards in, in like Paint or Photoshop when oh, I was like man, seven. You gotta or eight. Dig these up. And then, and then, and then it evolved. No pun intended. From there to be random Nintendo. And what Ram Nintendo was, was a random collection of things about Nintendo that I liked. So it was randomly photos of my collection of Nintendo merch. It was me making what I thought was clever fake games at the time where I would make game boxes for games that will never come out. And then it was occasionally reviews or like impressions of stuff or my thoughts on news. And then as slowly as I grew like, up... Oh, here's my impression of Mario. It's good, period. No, but then slowly... Or like wallpapers. I used to make oh, wallpapers. And then as I started getting older... The random part of Ram Nintendo stripped away slowly. Fake games kind of fell to the wayside. And then it became a daily news site and it became a podcast. So that, I don't know if I ever told that story, is the origin of the name Ram Nintendo. Because it was a random collection of Nintendo things I did. So tune in on November when Jason gets this game. Are you, you going to get Oh, Pokemon? Pokemon? Oh, I'm getting Pokemon. Are you getting Pokemon, Kevin? Uh, probably, yeah. 
Cool. So that's two of us. You're holding out, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm skipping this one. He wants the third version. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm probably going to get shield. I'm getting I, shield. Every, I don't know what Every I'm time I've done this first one, like, I've always been on the the first version cycle. And every time the third version comes out, like, for Sun and Moon, I got the Omega Ruby, but I barely played it because I got kind of burned out at that point. Sure. Yeah. Um, I always get, like... Super FOMO, it's like, oh, it's like, the first version always does kind of feel like a trial run of it. Like, Sun and Moon kind of felt like they don't, like that way to me. Like, there were a lot of, like, buildings that were like, oh, there's like, there was a lot of empty space that, of course, got filled up in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. There were these characters that were like, I'm just wandering around. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna be a, a Kahuna one day. And then in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, like, oh, they're full-fledged Kahuna. They actually have, like, right. full-on things. Like, I always feel like the, cheated. The way I look at it is and, you're either go and, ahead. And because I play like Pokemon so much, like by the time that first, that other version comes out, there's already something else. Where I'm like, oh, like I want to play it, but I need to move on to another game. So, so the, the way I've always looked at it, by which I mean in the last two minutes when it occurred to me, is um, I just want to change the, to the cycle that's more interesting. The Pokemon games are the iPhone TikTok cycle. Some people prefer be the tick where you get the fancy new – well, the old iPhone TikTok cycle. They broke the cycle with the 11. But it used to be, you know, the tick year was the iPhone 6 or the iPhone 5 or the iPhone 7. And the talk year was the S's. So the tick year was the complete new overhaul and the talk year was the refinement of that concept. I am a Pokemon tick person. You sound like you're becoming a Pokemon talk person because, you know, yeah, it's a TikTok cycle. Yeah, I used to always be tick. tick. I used to always sometimes be both. And then with X and Y, I started just getting one. Yeah. Ever since X and Y, I started just getting one version. And now I to felt make, burnt on the second. And now to make it more complicated, Apple does tick, tock, tock, tick. So just wait till Pokemon does that. That's what we just mentioned. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, before it oh, yeah. gets too weird. Wow, that's a weird string of things. We went from, like, sexualizing Chansey to my history of Nintendo to TikTok talks. Anyway, Luigi's Mansion. You. Me. Yeah, you keep me. saying we. Listen, the conversation involved all of us. No one was, like, stopping. You were, just, well, we were questioning. Yeah, you yeah. were the only one talking. That's true. Fine. Luigi's Mansion. Before things got too weird, let's move on. Yeah. So, the it's too late. So, uh, the, <laughs> so the approach that Nintendo took with Pokemon um, was kind of the last approach, was kind of approach for the last bucket of direct news, which is basically... All their first-party games in the Direct, they're like, here's one or two little tidbits. Enjoy. So with Luigi, what we learned, and it's not a whole lot, but um, one, okay, yeah, there's theme floors in the hotel. That's cool. There's a dance floor. Whatever. But more importantly, Luigi's Mansion has a party mode now because this is the Switch, after all. The party machine designed for casual multiplayer fun, which I'm now realizing sounds a little more like a marketing slogan than I thought it would when I wrote that down. But anyway, uh, yeah, they're introducing something called Screen Party, and... It will pit a team of Luigi's against a team of Gooigi's, up to eight screen players park. total. Or Screen Park, yeah. Why did I say party? I don't know. Screen Park. Because it reminded you of Mario Party, I guess? Yeah, kind of, because it is Mario Party main games, basically. That's what's weird. So you have three that they showed. I hope there's more. They've always showed three, and they it's implied funny, that but might the, be the it. The way they presented them definitely made it sound like they were the only ones. Yeah, but they're so they, simple. Because they, they didn't say, like, oh, and there's more. And the ones they showed literally look like the kinds of minigames they don't like in Mario Party. Yeah, because it's like, one, you're on rafts collecting it, coins. It's like, yeah, one, collect shooting... coins. Like, oh, so exciting. Like, I hate... Well, I don't hate, but, like, yeah. they're just my least... Like, whenever you're collecting coins in Mario Party, it's, like, my least yeah. favorite ones. And then there's one where you're shooting at targets to break them with plungers or yeah, something. Just, just for the highest score. And then there's one... The one that looked the most interesting at first, I was like, oh, cool, they're bringing over Luigi's Mansion mode from Nintendo Land into Luigi's Mansion until it was everyone at once and everyone was chasing ghosts and it was, like, yeah, basically... Like... It was, like, Pac-Man if you can't lose. Yeah, it's just like, oh, who could get the most ghosts? Like, that's no fun. Like, just yeah. by Scary Scraper or whatever it was called. Or, no, that's still there. This is on top of that. Oh, then... 
But yeah, this, is, this is supposedly a third mode, so I'm like, if they're gonna do it, why don't they do it? Why don't they port over? <laughs> it kind of feels like, a, like, like we can, so might as well. So like, it's there. I mean, I'm not gonna complain. I mean, all it made me want just, was, uh, to be honest, like it just got me down this train of thought. Just give us Nintendo Land too. They'd have to figure out how to do the asymmetric gameplay without the asymmetry of the controller. Honestly, but... at this point, they're just gonna have to suck it and be like, you know what? Huh, suck it, it up, it, Luigi's Mansion. I get. It's gonna require a second, a second Switch console. If you have that set up, then. You're golden. Here's the thing. Have they one are, docked, have one connected to it, like a second player, and that would be your second controller. Here's you know. the thing. They're trying to turn Switch Lite and Switch into one per person, not one per household. It's very easy to be like, oh, you have your Switch at home, you have your Switch to take well, on Switch the go. Like, well, what if you connected them, and now you have a Wii U? <laughs> I guess it has to wait. I mean, they've tried that before. This is not a new concept for Nintendo. Connectivity was a huge talking point for them in the GameCube Game Boy Advance era, where they spent the entire E3 being like, oh, connectivity is the future. Have your GameCube, plug your Game Boy Advance to it, Pac-Man VS, Four Swords Adventures, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. They were big games, big attention grabbers for Nintendo, or they were trying to make them that. It didn't exactly take off, but they've never given up on the idea. The Wii U was that, but internalized into one device. They could very easily, if the data suggests that people own enough Switches, make a game tailored to that, yeah. I think oh. that's a very real possibility. But we'll see. In the meantime, we can uh, collect some coins in Luigi's Mansion. Team and Gooigi all the way. Gooigi? Yeah, Team oh, yeah, Gooigi yeah, all yeah. the way. Totally, 100%. But yeah, that's really pretty much it for the Direct. I mean, we didn't really mention, mention Animal Crossing New Horizons, but honestly, like, there's not a lot to say about it. Like, The game actually got one of the broadest, longest segments, and it covered all sorts of ground, like 8-player online and... Uh, four players on a single console for the first time. You don't have to have one device per person to all visit one town together. But I think my only real takeaway from it was just, wow, this game is really inspired by Pocket Camp in more ways than you'd expect. The crafting, the idea of decorating outside, even the menu system, like all look in many ways like they're pulled from Pocket Camp more than past uh, Animal Crossings, which isn't a bad thing. It's just kind of funny to see, oh, this is the spin-off mobile game. It doesn't really have any influence, becoming almost one of the most influential parts of the new mainline game. I don't know if you guys had any thoughts about Animal Crossing, but that just caught my eye, and I was like, "Huh." Only thing it made me realize was like, "Wow, this this trailer is making the game feel so boring." It did seem like, very dull. Like the yeah, everything about it just looked dull. Like, and honestly, like I love Animal Crossing games, but it also made me realize that it's one of the few games, like very few, where like I legitimately want to go and like not knowing anything because mm-hmm. I love just talking to the vision, just figuring out like, "Oh, what's this? Oh, this is this kind of store. This is that kind of store." Oh, this, like. It's what, I don't know, kind of like the first time you play Minecraft. Like, that's kind of how yeah. you approach Animal Crossing. You just make it whatever game you want it to be. You know what, frankly, my biggest and concern... And knowing all this stuff, just kind of... I don't know. It, yeah, it was just kind of... You know what my biggest like, concern was? Like, stop talking, woman. To your point about... Um, he was telling you that to you. <laughs> I, I, I will not stop. I'm a strong, independent woman. Uh, no, what I was going to say is... Um, the thing that kind of concerned me is... So they showed dialogue from a villager wasn't new dialogue i recognized it from a past animal crossing I'm like really you're gonna put that's your best Ooh, you don't best foot. Up now. yeah that's and your best jason recognize that dialogue i sure did and i'm like it's something about like working out i'm like i feel like i've heard this before or read this before multiple times so i'm i'm being optimistic i'm holding out hope i think they purposely took like they purposely showed it pre-mundane because they were trying to show off the new features so they're like when you first get here here's how crafting will work here's how this will work i imagine as the island grows and more people move in it'll get more dynamic but yeah it was I wasn't like – I'm still going to buy the thing. I, it didn't turn me off to the game entirely, but I was definitely like, oh, this is not a big leap. This is pretty just one-to-one with what we have. Just, it's they slow, just took it, Pocket it, Camp it, and shoved it into If anything, they uh, just slowed down the already slow but nice pace of Animal Crossing. They just slowed yeah. it down even more. The nice thing is it looks great. 
the HD works really well. I, it looks very clean. I, I was mean, watching a comparison video of the GameCube one to this one, and the you don't know it's because we've gone piecemeal over the years, but the jump is is quite big. Well, I mean, we got to, to get a taste of it in like Amiibo Festival and the Plaza, and even Pocket Camp. Honestly, that's in HD. But you didn't really play Pocket Camp, I know. I, I played it. Yeah, no, the Plaza was very nice. I like the Plaza. That Plaza was pointless, but I, mean, I liked it, was, it. It was nice seeing all the characters like in HD. You know, like, yeah. whoa, so this is what it could look like on the Wii U. And then we just... And then, uh, and then, and then we got it. Like, on then, the Wii U, that's yeah, a funny then one. Then we got a Mevo Festival. Yep, yep. Yeah. But anyway, that... Um, unless there's anything else you guys want to bring up about the Direct, that's pretty much what Nintendo's been up to as a whole. That's all the news and everything. It was a solid Direct. Yeah, like, yeah, what was your overall, like, assessment of it? It was good. I think it was good. It was a little poor heavy, but, like, they, it was boom, boom, boom. There's a lot of interesting, surprising games that you wouldn't expect. I was pretty happy with it. I yeah, it I'm C plus. <laughs> Mine would have been, like, a B plus, A minus. Yeah, I'd probably give it a, a solid know. B, B plus. Yeah. I'm just kidding. It's, it's an A minus. All right. Yeah, a minus. That, that sounds very thought out. Would you like to explain why it's an A minus? No, mind? Donkey Kong. Ah. So it would have been, wait. So it would have been a straight A with Donkey Kong? Yeah. Interesting. It would have been A plus if they revealed that final character for Smash Brothers. It would have been a S rank if they just sent you everything that you care about at I once mean, and nothing you didn't care about. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if heaven. you cater to one person's specific taste, then yes. yeah, it, it, yeah. It's so, be so rhythm point. heaven, like, and it would probably been... it'll probably lower it for someone else. Like they talked right. about rhythm heaven for way too long. It would have been transcendent like... if Persona Five got announced for the <laughs> Switch. So yeah, would yeah. you play it again? I, I am gonna play it again with that uh, enhanced edition. Oh no! And you're gonna play, you're gonna play um, on Switch. Oh, absolutely! And you're gonna play the spin-off shuffle, shuffle? not shuffle. Yeah, I think it. Yeah, I have yeah. Warriors. Wait, is that what it's called? It's Warriors, it's but it's Warriors. called Shuffle. Shuffle, right? scramble, scramble, shuffle. Shuffle would make more sense because music. It has. There's such a big music component to it. I understand why scramble as well. I mean, it's not like, integral to the to the gameplay. Yeah. True. Oh, I mean, I was thinking more Tokyo Mirage, which it yeah. is integral. Yeah. I've been talking about logging, but... But anyway, while we're talking about games that we are going to play, we could talk right. about games I, I, I guess could. I won't introduce a segment. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't no, hear you. I didn't even hear you going. I, I would... Yeah. You Restart. Yeah. No, that's Rewind. Okay. No, the, the moment has passed. I'll do it next time. So instead of talking about games we could be playing about... Playing about... <laughs> <laughs> wow, you broke me. Instead of talking about games we could have been playing, let's talk about games we are already playing there that's you jason <laughs> oh right hi yeah you, you played smash that was yours okay so i guess yeah i'll kick off um for me it's quite possibly been one of the most stylish coolest games i've played in a very long time and he actually beat it guys and i did not oh. no but it's it, that's what our impressions and not reviews but uh yeah the one the game i'm talking about is no seriously no, is astral no. chain yeah it's been like years i know why <laughs> i know i know but uh yeah so astral chain and don't get me wrong when i was saying it's cool like the cool factor and and stylishness it that you know that's what platinum games does but it, uh, at least of their original ips that they've done on nintendo platforms each one it's like kind of their own different feel so you know bayonetta was like kind of like light gothic theme uh wonderful one was comic booky and like a beautiful joe sore way and now we've got astral uh chain as sort of this neon cyberpunkish futuristic weirdly always soggy and wet uh blade runner world and that is without a doubt totally my aesthetic like i am into the soggy, like, right, soggy and wet neon soaked Blade Runner worlds. So right off the bat, I was already kind of in love with the game. I mean, literally the opening sequence, you're riding a motorcycle into a tunnel. There's like the music playing, it's always in there. Camera angles, there's neon and da 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 da. It's it's great. I was just like, oh, I I am sold. Um, but what I'm happy to report is that the game itself is really good too, beyond just the aesthetic. Uh, it's in many ways exactly what you expect from a platinum games game it's like a very over-the-top action game as big set pieces as a fun if not slightly ham-fisted story um it's really fluid controls uh what's nice here though 
is I found that Platinum Games sort of opened up their typical structure to be a little more welcoming than usual. Um, one thing many of the games have is really elaborate actions to perform cool moves. So in Bayonetta, there's a lot of button combos you have to go through. In uh, Wonderful 101, it's a lot of crazy shapes you're drawing on the gamepad, and that's kind of been their thing. Here, it feels a little less intense uh, to learn because of the whole Legion system they introduced. But you can you can still pull off impressive moves, and you still feel pretty badass doing it. It's just they sort of made it it's different in a way that makes it almost feel like a little less efforts involved, but you still do. It's still really cool. So like the basic concept is that you're tethered to this alien from another dimension, uh, the astral plane called a legion. And it's this like, autonomous. kind of think of it as like, as far as how you play, it's like an autonomous AI controlled partner that you're fighting alongside with. So you've got all your punches and kicks and you can do a pretty slick dodge too. That looks really dynamic and cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there's also the legion, who you can essentially sick on opponents by moving him towards them with the right stick, or uh, and he'll start attacking them at that point all on his own. Or you can navigate them the legion around in certain ways with the stick to essentially turn the chain between you and him into a weapon of its own. So you can do things like do a clothesline, so an enemy runs into it and then they get shot backwards from it. It kind of works as counter and damages them. Or you can wrap the chain around enemies and sort of pin them in place and then just go to town and hit him with a flurry of blows and, and that sort of thing. And the thing about the Legion is um, there's actually five different ones. So up front, you know, they each have different attacks and they each do different mm-hmm. things. But eventually you can actually swap them in mid-battle and then do all sorts of crazy combos. So it's the, sort of, it's the same depth you see in other combat systems by Platinum. But I think what's so great about Battle Systems is that at the end of the day, it's incredibly simple. You're punching, you're kicking, your Legion is there on your stick doing whatever – um, there's just not really wild button combos you have to figure out. There's not really shapes you have to draw. It's just kind of because of how it's implemented, there's, it, it allows the depth without adding actual complication to the controls, for lack of a better way to put it. Not like those were hard to control, just mm-hmm. I didn't realize how much like streamlined it could be if they just did it this way. Which isn't a knock against those games. They're great games. I like both of them, but it's just a different approach, which makes it a little more approachable, which is kind of cool. And um, and the nice thing is like there's still enough depth here that's frantic and fun, but you have to kind of know what you're doing a little because through all that craziness, through all the moves you can do and send your Legion to do, the Legion has an energy bar, essentially. So you need to keep an eye on how long your Legion's out and fighting and sort of retract it at times, or depending on if you land certain things, I think it keeps the bar going for you and kind of extends it. So you just have to kind of juggle those things. So again, it's very easy to jump into because you have like an actual physical bar that sort of tells you what's going on for your Legion, and then you can do your own thing, kind of just monitor it. So it's cool in that regard. Um... I suspect this was to hopefully bring in new players because the game not only has a combat system that kind of feels more intuitive, at least to me, but it also offers difficulty options that are not what you necessarily expect from Platinum games. They have the hard stuff. That's all there. But there's a casual mode where you don't receive a grade at the end of every level. You just kind of play through. Mm -hmm. And then surprisingly, there is a mode where you can ditch the gameplay entirely and it will handle combat automatically and you're just in it for the story. And it literally is like, oh, you just want to follow the story. So you'll walk around and stuff, but it will do all the combat, which is very unplatinum to provide those opportunities. So I suspect some of the combat, there's someone at Platinum or Nintendo is like, what could we do to make a more accessible version of your games? What if someone that's not too armed if they want to experience the story? Exactly. I'm not saying it's a negative. I'm oh, saying yeah, it's a positive. It's, it's yeah. And, and, if you, and no matter what option you choose with difficulty, like even if you're just walking around, you still get to toy with the Legion because... The legions play a role outside of battles, too, which is what's kind of cool. As you go around the city, basically you're trying to stop this interdimensional threat of aliens. 
and you'll actually need to leverage your legion's abilities, the five different legions and the five different skills, to overcome obstacles, to even do little things like just move around to collect energy fragments or have them sort of like sniff out trails of enemy aliens. Those are only visible if you flip on something they call the iris system, which basically is a augmented reality view of the level you're in that shows you hints of the interdimensional beings and lets you find clues because there's a whole Phoenix Wright thing going on in here too, which is actually kind of fun. Uh, they're Platinum Games... Like, we know they know how to string together cool combat sequences. We know they know how to do set pieces. And they always have some very basic level exploration. You know, you need to walk from point A to point B for the next battle in Bayonetta. But, um, and they do a good job with that. It's never a problem. And this is no different. They still have that. But what's cool is on top of that, they literally introduced the investigation system from Phoenix right into this. Kind of. So, to help you piece together locations of monsters... Does it tickle your fancy? Um, I guess not really. Hmm, interesting. But to help you, what I was going to say is to help you piece together like um, where a monster is and how you get to them in the level. Granted, it's linear, so you're not really solving anything. It's just part of the gameplay. But um, you need to find clues. And you use that with the AR and you use that with your uh, Legion I mean, and everything. Phoenix was in there then, yeah. And then, and, and no, tell me this doesn't sound like Phoenix. So you find the clues and then you go and basically do what amounts to the Phoenix Wright trial scenes where you're going to be asked questions and you need to present the clues as answers to those questions. There's a bit of a redundancy there because if you found the clue, you already kind of know because it doesn't seem like it's quite the same way it is with Phoenix where you're sort of like making assumptions. It seems like it's a little more one-to-one, at least from what I've experienced so far. But it is kind of a cool way to you know flush out the world a little and give you something to do in between battles just to break up the constant combat. Um, and it's all written in kind of this, like campy anime sort of way, so it, it works. Not that all animes can't be, but it has like kind of the cliches of anime and the cliches of campiness, and it, it makes it fun. Like really, everything about the game is actually very anime. I mean, there's literally a three-minute intro song towards the start of the game that feels like ripped straight out of any number of shows. Um, and because of that, it means you know most animes aren't always super serious and this is not super serious all the time either it has fun there's like cats everywhere there's a police mascot costume that becomes a running joke throughout the game um it it's good stuff so like so good as a whole that i so far can't really think of any major cons with astral chain it's just really fun it's really really slick it's a super satisfying combat system that i like probably because it has fewer combos uh i guess the one complaint is like if you're not totally about the aesthetic like I am, the environments do get a little same-samey. Like, it definitely... There, there are plenty of times I'm like, another wet slab of concrete that's neon lit. I mean, that's great for me. I can look at that all day, but I'm sure yeah, someone... Yeah, also my jam, so... Yeah, I'm sure someone's going to be like, I, I mean, would like a piece of grass. How far are you into the game, though? Because, I mean... I'm like... A little, I, I mean, there's... I don't remember how many total chapters there are, but... I mean, I'm probably somewhere between, like... I mean, yeah, I, you, true, it could change, because I'm probably somewhere between a third and halfway, so it could change, but... So far, it seems like... Because I've been to the the, plane, the uh, astral plane I've been in my world, and you, all the missions take place in the city for the most part, so far. It could change. Um, you're right. And uh, either way, though, I'm, I'm all about it. I'm really happy with it, and I'm, I'm happy to report... And uh, it seems like a lot of other people are happy about it, or into it too, which is cool, because normally we don't do any sort of sales here, but real fast, um, I saw the MPD numbers come no, out no, Thursday. No. It's happening. No, and I promised. I did not promise a thing. I actually warned you guys this was going to happen. And no! So here's what's cool. Astral Chain actually cracked the overall top 10 in August. Nice. That's cool. At number 10, but still, it did it. Oh, okay. And uh, it was the only new release in August to actually chart. And granted, this was the weakest August of video game sales in 20 years. True. 
Trill. What was this, three years does, ago? Doesn't that mean cool? Yeah, like three years ago. It's you've been yeah. Anyway, uh, but yeah, so it's it's not like the game was up against stiff competition at that point. But like in the Nintendo bubble, like Fire Emblem was number four. That's two months in, just about past lifetime sales of Awakening here in the states. Uh, Mario uh, Smash, Mario Maker two, and Mario Kart were number five, six, seven respectively. But like Astro Train wasn't that far behind. Like that's pretty good for Astro Train. Like it made the chart. And not only that, but there was also Astro Train being number one on the UK sales chart. The first time Platinum Games had ever done that. And in Japan, Astro Train's having shortages. So it's actually really cool to see it do well because, like, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm really liking it. So Platinum games are usually, like, quality. Yeah, quality games, yeah, so. it's really well done. And now I'm done now. Was this Astral game Chain. was this game directed by Kamiya? Uh, I don't think so. I don't remember. Hmm. I could look it up. It said it at the beginning, but I was too busy for really? r- driving around on my motorcycle feeling all badass. Uh, let me check. But yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I had for Astral Chain. Um, Astral Chain director. I want to say it wasn't. What, motorcycle? What do you say? Yeah, motorcycle. motorcycle. At the start, yeah, at the very start. Uh, at the very start of the game, the, the opening game sequence. Oh, I thought you were driving around on a motorcycle. <laughs> oh, no. Like, when? No. <laughs> me? God, no. Uh, Astral oh, no, Chain was directed by Takash- Takahisha Tara, known for his work as the game designer on your... Atomic. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Yoko Taro. And, yeah, and supervised oh. by. Kim- okay. Yeah. By Kamiya. Yeah. Creator <laughs> of the Bayonetta series. I was like, I'm good. Directed try- by this guy and supervised by that guy. Yep. So there you go. Um, Wait, okay. no, so the director was Yoko Taro? Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Game designer on Nier, not, not the director of Nier. Oh, I could have sworn that he was the director of Nier. That's not according to the little knowledge graph thing that Google spat Yoko, the Nier. director of Nier. Uh, okay. Near, the director near is the guy with the moon on his head. That's Yoko Taro. Oh, maybe. Okay. Uh, what do I know? Apparently nothing. Uh, let's see. Near, this is, again, riveting podcasting. I was just waiting for me to... Well, while he's talking about that, or while he's looking at that... Yoko if... Taro. Is that what I said a second ago? Yeah. That's what I said a second ago. That's, that's shorthand for... That's um, what... All right. So, same like near, pseudo, so it's the dude from here. <laughs> It's the dude from there. Okay, that's cool. Oh, I I would have thought that he'd be working on a on a follow up to Nier, but so would every cool. fan of Nier. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, this, cool, is, this is a really fun game. It's really good. So yeah, I, I definitely recommend checking it out. Yeah. How, uh, so I, you were playing Smash basically, so you already no. Oh, you do have a game to report. You told no, me you did. I don't. So you I'm just haven't. So you haven't been playing Stop. games. Okay, Kevin, what have you been playing? Oh, I know the answer because I spilled it at the top. How's Final Fantasy VIII Remastered? It is going along pretty good. I'm only a couple hours in. Man, this game, I don't know. Last time I played this game, I think I was like 12 years old. Played it on my PS2. Uh, Man, this game's systems, I don't know how I managed to play that game so young. Is that So, its mechanics are really weird. Like, there's a... Whatever. But anyways. (laughs) Anyways, uh, basically what they just did for this is they... uh, they made new models for the for the main characters. Uh-huh. So um, they made new models for, the, but the backgrounds are pretty much all the same. They have the same textures. Interesting. Yeah, I think I think so that's the same up, thing. Res, so they reverse okay, Paper so, Mario so, it kind of. So they like uh, the characters are higher res in the backgrounds, while in Paper Mario, it's the characters are all two D and the backgrounds are three D. That's what a weird mean? analogy to make. Continue. Don't mind me. <laughs> no, but but yeah. So. Someone out there's like, I get it, Jason, and I appreciate you. Continue. I mean, yeah, the the, the textures don't look great, but the models look yeah. look pretty good. And it's one it's one of those cases where this is what I remember playing. Right. I thought the models looked like this all the time. <laughs> yeah. But then you go back and see those those 
PS1 graphics and it's like, whoa, this wasn't a... I mean, probably for the time it was a, it was a, it was a sharp-looking game, but... To, to be fair, that's the one thing 2D has over 3D and always will. Yeah, that's true. 2D ages well. 3D does not. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just a couple hours into that. And some of the quality of life changes that they've made are, are pretty good. I didn't play the Final Fantasy VII remaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, important note, this is not a remake. I think it's a some it's a remaster, yeah. It's not like they're not fun. this isn't a, a Final Fantasy Seven remake. Or, I feel R- like if it was R- 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 if it was it would not cost over R- twenty dollars. R- 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 <laughs> yeah, that that yeah. too. But uh some of the quality of life improvements are cool. If you click in the the left joy con or the left stick, mm-hmm. everything is sped up times three. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. That's really cool. If you click in the what was it? The oh, right R3, stick? Yeah, so R three. Yeah. If if you're in a battle, it will completely heal you all the way, and, and uh, so they're doing like ROM hacks built into the game, kind of. Yeah, kind that's of. That's kind of cool. That's I mean, that's how literally the NES and Super Nintendo games now work. Yeah, is you and can then, like rewind any error you do. Yeah, and then if you click in both of them, you get no random encounters. Hmm. Yeah, and it's that's also really it, interesting. It's, it's all seamless too. That's really cool. You would I would think that you know is built that way. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm I'm having a lot of fun with that. It's Final Fantasy VIII. I've played and beaten most of the mainline Final Fantasy games, with the exception of the MMOs. Right. Final Fantasy VIII was probably my. It definitely was my favorite one from the PS1 era. More than seven. More than seven. Yeah. Isn't is it eight or nine that's considered the weird like the weird one like the ugly stepchild of the group? There's, eight. Why is that? Because of the mechanics. Okay. So it's a very mechanics heavy game uh in terms of like leveling your character. Okay. Right at the beginning of the game you are given uh summons. So mm-hmm. you're summoning these ethical ethical these mystical <laughs> these mystical <laughs> beasts. Some really ethical lawyers to kind of just, you know, just, do right. Yeah. Right. Uh you're summoning like these these you know, classic mythical beasts like one of the mainstays for Final Fantasy is, is uh Ifrit the big like fire dude oh yeah horns yeah Yeah. and you get him like within the first 10 minutes of the game oh interesting but you assign you assign those to different characters and then you 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 don't assign you junction them (laughs) to different characters and then whatever their stats are you could use their stats to buff up your own stats are they called stats or do they have some weird... No, I, it's it's called stats. Because, okay. yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, JRPGs get weird. Like, I expect stats yeah. to be, like, I don't even know. Uh, like, for every new Tales game I play, I feel like I have to get, like, a new dictionary. Yeah, like, I don't understand why they can't just call things by standard hey. names. I'm glad it's stats. Are you still playing through all of them? Yeah. All the Tales? Well, at least because we, the new Tales game looks awesome. We, we already beat Grace. We're moving through Xillia right now. Hmm. And you still have Exilia too. And then yeah. Berseria. We, we might... We might wait on Exilia 2. We might just go straight to the first ones. Because, I mean, I'm not going to go back and play Symphonia 2. <laughs> Why are they called junctions? Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, I mean, at that point, just call stats wigwams. Like, what difference does it make? Like, no, the, the, stat, the, stats, the stats are still stats. <laughs> no, I know, but, uh, like, but if they're the, calling but assigning or they're, you know, they're assigned as junctions, yeah. make up words for everything at that point. Go all in, Square. Yeah, and then you could, you could junction, you can also junction magic to raise up your stats but and so some magics will be better like one of the stats is obviously your health mm-hmm. uh you can junction like blizzard onto your health and maybe you'll get like a 
plus two. Mm. But there are others that'll give you like plus three or plus ten. Right, okay. Yeah. Uh so that's one of the reasons. Uh the other this game doesn't have mana points, magic points, whatever you want to call it. Oh interesting. Instead it has this draw system where you are basically going around the world, you'll see little spots where you draw magic. Uh-huh. And so there'll be just like a, a weird like light pink light that you go up to and then you can draw magic and it'll huh. say like you just drew seven blizzards so that means now in my stockpile i have seven right. blizzards that i can cast sign. but you can also steal it from enemies so hmm. you can on the uh, on the menu you can hit draw and then draw from whatever an enemy soldier right and then i can draw from a list of whatever he has in his stockpile mm. and then you can just steal it but I you can see also what you mean about the mechanics but you can also but not only can you steal it to stockpile yeah. it you can just use it so if he's got fire you i can just and take it and use it back on take it and just use it back on huh which yeah so that, that, like there's some cool stuff in there but i can see why fans if they're used to like yeah and then and, and then with, stuff like that are now like well i'm going to random spots on the ground and then <laughs> and then with nine it 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 went a little River, bit more little, traditional. Yeah. But um, also, I, I, I'm pretty sure that they upped the amount of magic that you're drawing. Because I'm drawing seven seven heals, six fires, and I could... I remember it being like, oh, I just drew two heals. Which, I wouldn't be surprised if they took the criticism from the old mechanics. Like, well, how can yeah. we streamline it a little? Yeah, and... So, yeah, so some of the, the, the quality of life improvements are, are great. And like I said, Final Fantasy VIII was my favorite one of the PS1 era. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that might hold up or not. The same way that Majora's Mask didn't hold up as being my favorite Zelda game after I played the 3DS re-release. Oh, really? It didn't? Yeah. So, well, I don't, was I don't it just like going back, you just had a different perspective? Or was there something in Majora or maybe in Eight? now that you're concerned? I just remember, I was just very underwhelmed by, oh, by I was like, hmm, what? I'm not sure why. I, yeah. I was telling myself, asking myself, why did I think that this is my I'm favorite half world? expecting... Oh, he didn't chime in. I was half expecting Angel to be like, that's how you guys are going to feel once you beat Mario World. Because he oh, doesn't no. believe it's a game. I agree it is the best game of all time, but I was half expecting him to use this as an opportunity to diss it, and he didn't. And then I did I don't it think for I don't think your opinion's going to change a bit. That's not what I'm trying to disprove. No, you're trying to say it's not the greatest game. Of all time. But it's our... We're not... Are we saying it's our that's, opinion well, or are like, we saying it's fact? Oh, uh, he was saying it's he was saying it's fact. You could just your opinion oh. is your opinion. Well, we'll revisit this once I beat the game by the end of September in one of our October episodes. Or you know, last time I checked, you were in World Three. Three is where I am, which is more than I was when I talked about it with Kevin or with you on the podcast. Last time Kevin I asked you was life. like a week ago, and you were still in World Three. Yeah, it's been a busy week. <laughs> it's no, I'm I'm on the same boat. I I think I was on World. But four. you went from like. I went from one to three in a weekend, and then it was a week. <laughs> right. And now it's the weekend again. You know when you asked me was last weekend, and you know what happened in between the busy week. So it's now the weekend again. Well, anyways, it'll, time, <laughs> time will tell if Final Fantasy VIII remains my favorite Final Fantasy. It's still definitely my favorite Final Fantasy from the PS1 era right. Final Fantasy games, which I think was six, six, seven, eight, six, seven, eight and nine. nine. Yeah. yeah, and then 10 was... Ten with PS2. With PS2. Ten, I remember, was a huge deal when it came out. People lost their minds. Yeah, yeah, and those remasters are also on the 
on the Switch too. It right? is ten and ten two. We sort of touched on this last episode, but I do really love how the Switch, without being a virtual console in name, is a virtual console. Yeah. It's cool. great. It's super cool. Like the the fact that the game industry seems to have reached a point where it has no problem. Uh, the players, the developers, no one has any problem with the idea of we can just bring back games that run. like it's a cool preservation technique in an era when we're moving towards clouds and there's like gonna be less of that. It's cool that we have a way to preserve them now. Yeah. That's what yeah. I've been playing. Cool. Um I think that does unless is there anything you've been playing you want to talk about, Angel? You're playing Super Mario World, right? He is. Yeah. But he can't talk about it yet because we need it. You don't want to say anything about it? Because we need to wait for Jason. You're the one that gave me the deadline, not me. No, yeah, that's for that. We can talk about it, then you can talk about it again later. That seems redundant. There you go. Super Mario World's so good. There, we talked about it. Would you like to say it's not good? Cool, so that's our episode of the podcast. Um, You didn't respond. Um, Our next episode is on September 29th, and... It's going to have a lot of games in it. Like, right off the top of my head, I can guarantee we're going to, I'm going to be getting impressions of Link of Awakening. Uh, Untitled Goose Game will be out. Uh, I might talk about uh, Sinar Wild Hearts. It depends on if I have time to play all three. Um, and then I, that's just what I'm playing. I don't even know what you guys are up to. Like, there could be Link's so Awakening. many games. Yeah, okay. So both of yeah. us will talk about Link's Awakening. I don't know about you, Angel. Mario World. Uh, plus, like, who knows what else is coming down the pipe. I certainly wanted to guess that we'd spend a long chunk of this episode talking about a ring controller that looks like it's a Pilates item so yeah um we're we're gonna have that and um also we teased the contest last episode we're not doing it until next episode but uh yeah we're gonna have that contest and we're doubling the prize count so you will want to tune in for that potentially uh not gonna say anything more than that but you can make sure you don't miss it by subscribing to us on all the podcast apps for an apple podcast google podcast stitcher spotify tune in um we're everywhere we're on youtube random town com is our channel we are not being hit by the monetization issues with kids because we don't monetize and you can also follow us on Twitter at Ram Nintendo. Uh, you can follow us individually, MJSR7. Angel already tried to dip out and say his title then. Uh, he's Wero, W E I R O underscore O, and Kevin is KVN Gomez. Hey. And that pretty much does it. So I will leave the last word to either of you. Nothing? Nothing. I was, I was trying to think of something. Nothing. What? Hot and sweaty. <laughs> <laughs>